What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 51 of the Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant, presented by the Unhinged Sports Network and Fanatics.com. We got a very fun Olympic-themed episode for you guys because the 2020 Olympic Games are underway. The first wave of sports are starting to wrap up as swimming is coming to a close here later on this week as you're listening to this. But we got more than just the Olympics to talk about. We talked about some NFL news, Aaron Rodgers reporting to Green Bay's camp and what he was able to get out of that organization. Uh, NBA draft coming up this Thursday as well. And then obviously we have a bunch of discussions about Texas, Oklahoma in our segments and everything like that. And we introduce our new segment that you'll be able to watch as well, how it could have sounded. And we look at the Super Bowl 32 ending where John Elway has his helicopter play and then the final defensive stand that won the Denver Broncos, their first Super Bowl in franchise history. Um, but yeah, other than that, follow us far end of the bench at FEOTB pod, all of our social medias, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the far end of the bench and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts on your favorite podcasting platforms. If you don't listen live on the unhinged sports network every Wednesday from one to 3 PM Eastern unhinged sn.airtime.pro. But man, Nico, I think we got to have a little bit of a debate now. Who's who has the better USA basketball team? Three on three, five on five. Honestly, let's go with the USA women's team because because the, they're dominating and the ba- the men's team hasn't showed up yet. So. Men's team still hasn't still has yet to compete. All right, bench warmers, let's get into this week's center of attention. It's Olympic themed because the 2020 Olympics kicked off last week, even though it's 2021, they kept the same year. And so far, it's been very interesting. This is the year that they started integrating more of the new sports in. We see surfing, we see skateboarding, three-on-three pickup basketball. Great for the Olympics because uh, I I feel like it was time for them to start bringing in more sports. However, I think they are dropping the ball. It seems very similar to what I've been saying about the MLB for a while. They are so stingy with their social media requirements. As soon as somebody else with a different account other than one of the team countries Uh, Twitter accounts post video or footage or anything from a game a match whatever it may be they automatically block it and the video gets taken down we had one we retweeted I think Barstool was talking about the three-on-three basketball games and how it's electric and this is so cool how how did I not know this was in the Olympics this year you're cutting off a good portion of your audience especially with these niche sports like skateboarding if you get one of the biggest skateboarders to tweet about something like hey look a guy's going for the olympic gold medal the kid who won the gold medal this year for the olympics he was like 13 from china that's that's incredible that's a cool story that's something that you can push on social media and get so much bigger it doesn't have to be from your own platform just quit thinking that your machine your media machine is going to push out the content the way that you want and start embracing the new wave because Honestly, I coach nine-year-olds. I know that they're on streaming platforms and YouTube a lot more than they are on NBC, and they're not following these accounts on Twitter. So get it out there. Use the platform that's already built into the sport. Other than that, I think the Olympics have been really competitive so far. It's been a good event. But, man, the IOC is missing out big time on the possibility of some more social media influencing, getting the games a little bit bigger. This episode of The Far End of the Bench is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics.com. Man, 
the Olympics, the Olympics, the Olympics. I know you you've probably been thinking about this a lot more than I have over the past few months with your job and and working for Team USA. Uh, the Taekwondo, 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 right? Taekwondo, yeah, team. Taekwondo. Uh, by the way, congratulations, gold medalist, first gold medalist in in U.S. history, so first female gold yep. medalist. We've had a few males, and my dad was there actually. Funny enough, for the first male, <clears throat> he was part of the team that was the, had the first male, which or just in general for not just first male, first in general gold medal for USA Taekwondo. Now I'm there, the first female or gold medalist, which is. I just, <laughs> I'm just glad it, it, it was all Saturday night <clears throat> going into Sunday morning because I stayed out the whole time and watched every single match she had, and I <laughs> did not sleep at all. <laughs> and that was the same right after she won. I we watched I watched USA versus France, so that was not the not something I'm going to talk about a lot because I wasn't very happy about that. We'll get to it. We'll get we to that eventually. To talk, we don't have to kick it off, kick things off. But yeah, it was counter. a long night. But like I said, that's the, look. I think you hit the nail on the head. The Olympics are in my opinion, is the greatest sporting event in the world every four years. Mm. The whole world stops every, and, and, and turns on the Olympics. doesn't matter where you are. It is one of the best ways to, to bring the world together. That that and, I would say, <clears throat> the, the World Cup are the two two sporting events that the world kind of just stops and always pays attention to because it, it doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter who you root for, there's something to get behind. And... It's tough because obviously there's a 14-hour difference between us and Tokyo, and I understand that. But at the same time, people are struggling to to find to to find the channels and to find certain events. Like it's not the easiest thing if you have just cable, if you have the app or whatever it may be. So I'm I'm hoping for future events so they can figure that out. But I mean, I look viewership does it. Viewership numbers, I know everybody's like, oh, this is the lowest viewed Olympics since such and such. The time difference makes such a difference. Yeah. Like, I know you could be like, oh, no one's watching Team USA, blah, 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 because of, because of whatever's going on. It's not because of that. It's because the, the, the prime time start time for the main events, like the USA Gymnastics, the USA Swimming, is at 12 o'clock East or 12 a.m. Eastern mm-hmm. on, the East Co- on the East Coast. Excuse me. That's never ideal ever, and that's just the way it is because of the time difference. You can't do much about that. It's, it is what it is, and it, it, they, they've done a pretty good job. I will give them a hand that. A pretty good job of having big-time events at 8, 8 a.m. Eastern and at 7 o'clock our time, mm-hmm. which is 9 o'clock. So that's early in the morning and late at night, so I do applaud them for that. I think they've been – you know, for this was going to be a year that the Olympics, you'd think of the Olympics every two years, whether it be summer or winter, this was going to be an off year anyway. So I think that in my mind, that means you can't really compare the viewership of this Olympics compared to the other ones because it's off the time schedule. This wasn't something that we were expecting. Now, next year, when the Winter Olympics go on in 2022, like we had planned, I, I think that'll kind of bring things back. It's really like what's the harm in somebody retweeting a video that's not associated with one of your accounts. And the, the stupid thing was they took the vi- when you take a video like that and tweet it like Barstool did, it still gives credit to the original person. It still says via, it tags you in the video when, when you post that, I just, you know, with everything, way everything's going, a lot of people get their news and a lot of people keep up with all this stuff on Twitter. It's where they get their updates from. Why not have everybody blasted out? You could be trending, 100% of the time during the Olympic Games if you would just let everybody tweet openly 
and not cut it off. We saw the MLB starting to loosen their restrictions a little bit, especially with Shohei now. They're like, oh, yeah, everybody can tweet about whatever and, and always put the videos up, and that's helped them out. I think this has been a great baseball season. The Olympics, it's been a great event. They're just, you know, not clicking in some areas. It's almost like they were they were as unprepared as everybody was to try and watch the Olympics well, getting it ready. Yeah, well, this game wasn't supposed to be on. Like, there was, there was rumors that it could have been canceled as soon as the week before. There was, there was so many different rumors flying around for so many different reasons. And they – this this year is just, just a very very weird year. There's no doubt about that. Whether it be the competition or just the ge- general landscape of the Olympics, it's not what you're normally gonna see. First of all, mm-hmm. but it's I still think they're doing a pretty damn good job under the circumstances that the, we've been given. It's been interesting to see the competition level. There have been some performances that have been a little bit lackluster, and that's where we'll kind of segue into. Uh, the first topic of discussion as we're recording it tonight is when they're actually showing the footage of the women's gymnastics team and they took home the silver medal for their event. Simone Biles pulls herself out of the event. What thought was an injury. She came out and said she was just wasn't feeling it really mentally. Um, so that was an interesting turn of events. Simone Biles, obviously the greatest Olympic gymnast of all time. She has like four moves named after her. She's going to get another one named after her after these Olympics. But what, what did you think about the way she kind of handled, you know, pulling herself out of the competition for the team and, and the way she kind of handled it in the media because she w- did receive a little bit of backlash for her? Well, I mean, look, when you talk about the Team USA in general, each Olympics necessarily has that athlete that everybody just can't wait to watch. For the last few, last few Summer Olympics, it was Michael Phelps. Winter Olympics, it was Sean White. And now this year – it's Simone Biles. She is necessarily – I know you can't really – this isn't really a thing, but she is team the face of Team USA. You can say Sue Bird and, and obviously the baseball team guy, I can't remember his name, who were the flag bearers were the faces, but Simone Biles is the person that people are staying up late for and everything. And there was a huge pressure. There, there no doubt was. I. This is very, very similar <clears throat> to the Naomi Osaka thing, who actually did lose in the third round, which is which is pretty shocking as well. Mm. To she, she, her removing herself from Wimbledon. Um, so I, I don't blame her at all. Look, she's she's too good for the sport. Let's put it that way. They, they had to, they had to change the judging. They had to change the scoring for her, mm-hmm. like to make it even. Like that's how that's how much higher of a stage she is, and you and look, Team USA first of all could have they could have easily been like, oh, Simone's not there, we're done for. Mm-hmm. Still getting the silver medal, yes, it's silver medal, it's not the gold. Yeah, it wasn't. A, that's is is pretty impressive. It's only bad because of the expectations that they came into these games with, in the last few years, the reputation that they've built up. Uh, going back to my dad and I were talking about it today with the Mary Lou Retton stuff. When she finished the vault, she was the first, one of the first female gymnasts to win a gold medal in the individual competition, and she did it with one ankle, not a, and landed a, a perfect vault to win win that gold medal. And now seeing seeing what happened, it's just disappointing because when we we go into the Olympics, we're like, okay, female gymnastics, we have a shot for the gold. That's one of the teams, kind of like basketball. We're, we're going to go in, we're going to be near the top of the competition level, and, and we're going to come away with a gold medal or you know, a silver medal in the grand scheme of things isn't bad. It's good for what they were able to do. I see the parallel between Naomi Osaka and what Simone Biles did. 
my only feeling what makes it different a little bit for me is tennis is an individual sport so when she pulled herself out of the competition she wasn't affecting how the olympics were going to go for anybody else other than or wimbledon was going to go for anybody else but her Ms. moan biles pulls herself out of the competition all that pressure that was already on team usa now add even more to the rest of the girls that are competing like okay well now we're missing one of our top scorers one of our best gymnasts in simone biles she doesn't feel like she has it today so now we all have to go that much harder i think you know it, it was nice to see what they did with the pressure but i feel like in that situation it was almost you can't really do that in the team sport the, the one the one argument i'll have against that is she only missed one team event there's there's only one team event every others every other female gymnastic male gymnastic too they all have their single events too so it's not as though she, she only let her team technically let her team down for one event so the gymnast, gymnastics is I would say it's a singular sport. There's times where teams come together and that it's an overall score, but for the most part, it is a singular sport because it's not like you're passing the ball or blocking someone next to you. You're by yourself out there. You just combine the score. So gymnastics is in general a t is an individual sport, but it is it is tough. I hope the best for her because, like I said, she is like. It's it's wild that she has four moves named after her. Yeah. And we've only seen her at one Olympics, like well technically two now. Yeah. Like like that that is just insane. I think, you know, now that she doesn't have the pressure also, she was gonna break the record for most individual medals won by a female gymnast in the in the Olympic record. I don't think she has the ability to do that. She's already come out and said this is her last Olympics. So now she kinda took a little bit of the pressure off herself. So the best thing she can do now, go out there and win as win as much as she can for Team USA in the individual competitions. It's all individual now. That the team competition is over. Um, let, let's stick with team competition, but also we're starting to see them break off into their own. But the the men's relay, you two tweeted about it Sunday night. I watched the final of the relay Sunday night, and Team USA. You know, it used to be we had Michael Phelps. We get to roll up to the pool and be like. It doesn't matter how the first two legs go because Michael Phelps is going to go there number three and just blow everybody away. Team USA had a fight. The, that Italy team was close on their tail. Uh, I know that there was a couple other teams chasing them down. But I think the big story, Caleb Dressel, he's kind of the face of USA Swimming now that Michael Phelps is no longer there. He really put the team on his back in his third leg. He's the one that opened up the lead that they ended up winning off of. It was a, it was a. I love the the four by one hundred relay. It, oh. It's incredible every single. Level. Oh, I mean the relay in general. Like I said, like I said when it happened, like the relay. Every, it doesn't matter if it's just the the freestyle or whatever it may be. It's always one of the best events of the Olympics every single year because. Everybody, I think everybody remembers the Michael Phelps relay that came down to the last, very last second. One of the greatest gifts of all time where he's just like, his gigantic arms are flexed and he's screaming. And, and he won that eighth gold medal yeah. at the same Olympics. Everyone remembers that. And there's so many different things that it's always like, it's always just so interesting because one of the great things about the Olympics is I never was a swimmer. <laughs> I'm not going no offense, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch swimming yeah. at a normal time of the year. Your your mom would have had the same issue with swimming that she did if you were trying to play hockey. You got to get to the pool at 4 a.m. to Yeah, swim, like swim, like swim, 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 but every swim practice. but every 4 years I turn on swimming and I'm yelling at the TV. <laughs> it just happens like that and 
Caleb Dressel and and right alongside him, Katie Ledecky are the face of USA Swimming. Katie Ledecky could arguably go down as the greatest female swimmer of all time, right up there with the likes of Missy Franklin, who is a person who came Shout from out Colorado. Regis, Regis graduate down so, the road. So so it's it's. Dressel, like you said, he's not done yet. As you're listening to this, he has another race coming up yep. um, on Thursday, I believe, for the 50 the fifty meter. And I think he has the 100 meter final two on Wednesday night, one of the two. So he has a lot more yeah. coming up. He had the second fastest qualifying time for the 100 meter freestyle. And I think that's the race coming up Thursday. He just won the heat that he was uh, – this was a freestyle as well. So I think this is this, – they're just showing the footage of – the results came out earlier today. We're recording this on Tuesday. They're showing the footage of it now. But he is, they were talking about it during the relay. He talked to Michael Phelps, and he's not the same kind of swimmer as Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps was a guy that's going to just get out, of a, get out a lead on you, and he's going to continue to increase that. He's not necessarily a sprinter. Dressel just likes to get in the water. He's got a powerful dive down in, and then he's a sprinter. And he tries to get out as fast as he can possibly. So it's interesting. You know, that's the cool thing about watching these other sports. I was watching handball the other day, too watching Denmark just beat the crap out of Japan in handball. Uh, no offense to the Team Japan, but they were the second lowest seeded team in the tournament. It's interesting to see some of the strategy in these games that I've never done. I was not a competitive swimmer. I can swim laps. I can tread water. I'm not going to drown or anything like that. But also seeing uh, handball was very similar to lacrosse and hockey, but I just I never watched it actually being played in a competitive fashion. Before. Yeah, I mean, then to add on to the swimming, one of the legends of the sport who's won – Who's won basically every single national event in in the in the uh, backstroke? I believe it is was Lily King, mm. and we or no, sorry, sorry. The uh, oh my god, what's it's what's the it's a butterfly, I think. Oh my god, on to, uh, like I said, I, I'm not a swimmer. I forgot what's called. It's the one where you move your arms. Like, breaststroke. Breaststroke. There you go. God, I'm <laughs> see, I'm terrible at these. But man, I wish we had the camera on. God that. damn. That was like but, charades. But man, Lily King was the favorite coming in, and we had one of the coolest stories thus far. The Olympics already happened. Seventeen-year-old yep. Lydia Jacoby. What a story, man! From Alaska, Jimmy. Do you know how many pools, fifty-meter pools, are in Alaska? She probably learned that. She was swimming to ice like the penguins slapping five with the penguins that's how she turned around and swam back to the peninsula the, yeah there's only one uh, there is only one fifth that is <laughs> this is a hilarious stat that is the low alaska has the lowest pool to land ratio for any state across the united states just for a reference and this this 17 year old i mean it was it was insane seeing the 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 it seemed like the whole country or the whole, wow, the whole not state, the whole state of yeah. Alaska. Wow. I'm, all 42 I am all people that live up there. Uh, the whole state of Alaska was in the high school gym and her yeah. parents were out at the USOC um, wa- watching it with all the rest of the swimming families. It was, like I said, it was chilling. And then her face, when she realized she won, she was like, oh my God, I just won. And yeah. like her, she came back too because she was behind the last like 20, 25 meters. And what a what an incredible story that was. Yeah, that was a sprint to end all sprints towards the end. And, and she was one of the better stories that we've seen so far in these Olympics. Um, that's the cool, like the Olympics are made off of amateurism, the amateurism of athletes. And that's why, I mean, Missy Franklin broke in as a teenager when she started really making waves on the international stages you see it a lot with wrestlers too where they come in at these younger ages they've competed at these world levels for so long it doesn't even phase them like she she looked like she belonged in that pool whether she was a 17 year old kid from alaska or a seasoned veteran of usa or international competition swimming so 
it's really cool to see the maturation of these really young athletes. Like we said, the skateboarding gold medalist is a 13-year-old kid from China. Oh, my gosh. And then also on top of that, the Titmus, 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 her coach, oh, my God, the electricity. That was one of the cooler moments, even though it came at the expense of Katie Ledecky. That shows you, like, they had had such a rivalry, and that Australian coach is like, we finally did it. We finally broke through. Yeah, that I mean, it sucks that that was against Team USA, but goddamn. Seeing, like, seeing coaches and seeing coaches get that excited for athletes, that's, that's what makes these sports because – Coach, it's not like basketball or, or football where the coach necessarily makes the decisions. He can only prepare the athlete for so much to be ready for a certain time. Mm-hmm. It's up to the athlete to do their thing, but the coaches play a huge part in all that, and seeing him lose his mind, oh, my God, it was hilarious. Well, I loved the emotion. Yeah, well, now we've both done it. Is it easier to play in a game or is it easier to coach a game? I would say it's so much easier to play in a game because I at least have control of what the outcome is. I, I used to I used to coach wrestling and now coaching in my the fourth grade team that I'm helping out with. It's very difficult for me to be on the sidelines and not actually involved in making the play because in my head I know exactly how I want them to do it. So you know, would, yeah, you can only coach your team or coach yeah. your athlete as far as you can go. It's it's cool to see and you know it, it's also a sense of pride seeing a guy celebrate like that beating an American, even though it hurts, but it hurts. It's cool. But it it's like a, a flattering thing as well because that's all they wanted to do was beat katie the decky uh other other headlines that came out of this usa softball made it all the way to the gold medal game only using two pitchers and then they end up getting shut out two nothing in the gold medal game to japan um so that was a little bit disappointing usa softball came in with the expectations that usa gymnastics did on the women's side gold medal or bust and uh, it, it ended up being a, a disappointing end to that season. They yeah. played well. It was a close game. It just came out on the wrong end of a battle. Yeah, they, they, they hit a walk-off to get to the gold medal game, which mm-hmm. was sweet to see. But, yeah, it just came up just a little too short. But, yeah, that USA softball, J- Japan definitely was, like, the number one. Those were the top two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. Just, just ran out of steam, unfortunately, at the end. Yeah, I know that you with your job, you pay – a little bit more you're able to pay a little bit more attention to the olympics so what else has kind of caught your attention so far in these games it's only the first wave of sports we still got wrestling starting sunday we got track and field starting this weekend as well so we got a lot more to go but what's kind of caught your eye stood out so far well let's let's talk about the elephant in the room the team that 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 is just letting us down i know we got to talk about it eventually it was a birthday curse <clears throat> that's what it was oh my gosh never man. saying happy birthday if it's not the guy's birthday that's what we learned team usa loses to france and rudy gogurt that that hurt that hurt that hurt a lot yeah. and <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily just him it was also former denver nugget Evan fournier don't look up their last name cuz you will be in much pain watch search up the name fournier but man France is a team that the U.S. should have beat, and the amount of the amount of things coming out of this team, what they're saying, it is just head scratching. Because because look, I don't care what the rules are. I don't like. I don't care what's going on. You, be, this is a team full of star players on their teams that aren't taking back steps. They said, "I'm gonna get mine," mm-hmm. and that doesn't work. Like, look, you have players, and Damian Lewis said this best. He was like, role players play differently for differently for some reason on the world stage. It's not that they play differently. It's when they wear their, their country's colors, it means a little bit more. 
that. Team USA, it doesn't mean as much, I guess, apparently, to some of these guys. And that's what the problem is. Look, the years past... It's 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 just it's just frustrating because years past like you've had the stars play and and you've had guys that like Mello who has played in four Olympics you had guys like uh, Carlos Boozer Chris Bosh Bruisers who who cared about how the team was who weren't necessarily stars on the team but they were guys like you know what I'm gonna do whatever it takes I'm gonna take a back seat yeah. to Kobe LeBron um, the likes of uh, KD like like that that yeah. team the 2012 team and the 2018 team it was three star players and everybody else get the hell out of the way and do your job and we are seeing way too much me 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 I'm gonna get mine because that's not gonna work I'm sorry they also, those teams that won the gold medal adapted to the style of play. Quit talking about how different everybody plays. It's not they're playing different. They just adapted to the rules that you refuse to do. You want to play like it's NBA basketball. It's newsflash. It's not. Nobody, if you flop, you just look like an idiot. You fell down on the floor. You gave up a possession. And now look what you did. You gave up a, you blew a 13-point lead to France. I know France is one of the better countries in the tournament, one of our bigger competitions in the tournament. But you don't blow a 13-point lead with three minutes left in the game. No. And you you don't come out and make excuses. Adapt your game. Don't play like it's the NBA. You're not going to get those calls. I, th- I felt like after they lost the two exhibition games, they would have learned that. And they didn't learn. All I'm seeing, it's interesting because I would have thought Pop would have whipped them into shape after they lost those two ex- exhibition games. And he still can't get a handle on these guys to just play the style of basketball that they have to to win. It's it, it's it's funny you say that because the reports also came out and said that they're they're Popovich is trying to run a certain style of offense that they don't like. Newsflash, Popovich has been part of the last four Olympic teams who have won. He probably knows a little bit more about how the game is played at this level than any of you guys do. Any, any, look, the only people on this roster who has played any likes of Olympic basketball is Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. No one else has had has had any experience whatsoever on this stage, and you're telling me that that you guys won't adapt to a play style because Pop Vision knows what it takes to win the gold and win on a at a big time level, like that, man. Ugh. On a scale of one to ten, how nervous are you that they don't medal? Oh, I am very nervous. Watching watching what Slovenia did. Oh my God, Luca, you. F- Fucking animal, Luca! Luca! Oh, he, he, he made a point to rub his nuts a little bit across the Argentina's face. Oh, I'll, I'll give him that. Poor Faku, man! I shout out Faku, man, because Faku is the Argentinian equivalent of Luca, right? That's that's he, our he, team. Argentina's Luca is Faku, bas- basically, and that's not saying a whole lot. But they don't compare. Unfortunately, so Luca could have very easily broken the record for most amount of points in an Olympic basketball game, but they were killing Argentina so much they stopped. They they said we can't play you anymore, and and the likes of look, Luca, this is the first time Slovenia has ever been in Olympic basketball. Yeah, and there's a reason that Luca is so good at this game because when he comes to the NBA, it's there's a, no defense. Yeah, he, there, there's zero defense. I hate to tell you that newsflash, and when you come over here, it's a little bit more difficult. And he knows that play style. He was the MVP of the European League for a reason. The dude At 19, thrives right? in this or time like of game. 18 or 19. 18 years old. Yeah. The dude thrives at this time of game. And right now, if Team USA gets second or first, third in the group or whatever, makes it somehow to the knockout stage, which they better because they face Iran tonight as you're recording this. I'm like, if they lost to Iran, I'm going to lose my mind. But, but look, it's, it's, it's one of those things where 
you have teams like France. You have Slovenia, who's absolute studs. You have the likes of um, Argentina, who's still very, very good, even though they lost to Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about the Spaniards with the Gasol brothers. You have Rudy Fernandez. You have the Hernan Gomez brothers. Shout out Wancho. Wancho! And Ricky Rubio, who is the Steve Nash of Olympic basketball for Spain. And then Australia. They don't have Ben Simmons, so they're actually a good team. They got the likes of Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, Jingles, and and just a bunch of just studs. And forget about Nigeria too. God damn, this look, there there's by no means necessary should a team of Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant alone should ever lose a tournament like this, just flat out, because those that those two star powers should let you over. This may be all for. I may be saying all this smack for nothing because they may end up getting it together, but it is it it's this feels like 2004 all over again. It does, it really does, and I I do not want to have another repeat of 2004. I would say the only good thing if we get a repeat of 2004, the 2024 Olympics, USA basketball is going to be out for blood. I think. Do you think this may be adjust the way the NBA game is called? Because of, I if, sure hope so. If, God, you, if USA basketball, like you said, if they don't make it to the knockout round, I think Adam Silver's got to look at himself and go, I know that we like points scored in the NBA, but if we're going to send teams over there and not even medal or get to the stage where we can medal, we got to change something. It's getting to the point where it's been ridiculous, anyways. You know, 34 foot threes don't really do you much in a FIBA basketball game. The three point line is closer to the, to the hoop, and you can goaltend. I'm learning all these different things listening to these different podcasts. I know more about Olympic basketball than I think I know about the NBA basketball at this point. But uh, I will say, the, I think the biggest disappointment of all of this is how Team USA is handling their performance so far. Like, like I said, it's for every single other athlete there, it obviously means something to have the red, white, and blue on them. Team USA basketball has not risen up to those standards because there is a standard, yes, Yes, the world has gotten better at basketball. There is no doubt about that. The world has gotten better at basketball. But there is a level of excellence and there is a level of play that is above the whole world right now. And right now, this is what you're going to show. It's just just despicable. All right. Do you got anything else from the Olympics that you want to touch on, or do you do you think we can transition now to some of the other news going on? Yeah, it's like I said. There's going to be so many, so much more stuff going on. Like I said, it's a two week thing. The whole world stops for two weeks. There's going to be so much more stuff. We already saw moments like like Lydia Jacoby, like Anastasia Zolotich with with the USA Taekwondo, the girl who won fencing for the first time as well in whatever division it was. We also kick ass in the skeet shooting competitions. Oh my god, we do we kick ass like oh, no oh. other we are rolling in that. And then the archery I think I don't think we meddled in that, but the ski shooting, oh my god, they're we are leading I, well when I looked earlier today, we are leading total medals, but uh I think China has more gold medals than we do as a country. But we are leading the total medal count so far. China usually is good at like the like the sports that are at the beginning. They either win gold or they don't win. Don't win no anything medal at all, medal. yeah. So which I mean if you ain't first, you're last. That's they true. probably love Talladega Nights over there. Um, but now getting into some of the other sports news around around the world, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, he – I, I put it down in the notes. He had a summer that would have made Ferris Bueller blush. Like he just enjoyed – you know, he took life comes at you fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. He took that to heart. Disneyland, rolling around Hawaii with Miles Teller. Uh, maybe I'll go host Jeopardy. Maybe I don't play football this don't season. Play some golf. But I totally bent the Packers organization over a table, and he finessed everybody. He's going to get what he wants next season, 
and he's probably going to get even more. You know, he would have had to renegotiate a contract wherever he ended up going. He's probably going to end up having a better say about what he wants in the future now too. Like the Packers lose in every situation, even though they get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams for one more season. For, for some reason, the Packers think that they somehow are, can win this division or to win, to win the situation that Aaron Rodgers playing one more game makes it so that he or excuse me, one more season makes it so that he'll want to stay. But newsflash, Broncos fans, look. It sucks he won't be in a Broncos uniform. Now you got to deal with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. But this is almost a better scenario because Aaron Rodgers, the Packers basically guaranteed wherever you want to play, we will send you there. You know what that means? The ball is in the Broncos' court. Hmm. The Broncos now can lowball the fuck out of the Packers next offseason. Because, look, if Drew Locke – look. I, I listen out to your radio every morning going to work, and they had a great thing. What does Drew Locke have to do to make sure the Broncos don't go off to Aaron Rodgers? And they said at least a conference championship. Because if they make the playoffs, that's not good enough. Yeah, it's well, not. It's not. Conference championship or even a Super Bowl appearance. That's 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 as much as it's going to keep his job. Because Aaron Rodgers is that guy. And like I said, the Broncos, if, if, it's either going to go all the hell right away or you're going to find out this team could be something because, like I said, the first three weeks are the Jets, Giants, and the Jaguars. If you don't go at minimum 2-1, and one, then you throw Teddy Bridgewater out there because you let Drew Walk most, most definitely start the first three games. If he doesn't come out 2-1, and one, you throw out Teddy B out there to try to salvage maybe a wild card, and then you go after Aaron Rodgers because we're, the, the time is done waiting. There's a, there's we, We've seen enough go through this, but – Aaron Rodgers has said he hasn't said it, but the, all the inklings is that Denver is a, one of the reasons why he, one of the places he wants to go. I w- if I had a guess, it's it's Denver, it's San Francisco, and uh, probably those are the top two. Yeah. Denver, San Francisco, are the top two places that he'd want to play at. San Francisco worries me because obviously they have Trey Lance as trade bait. That's the only reason. But does Green Bay want to trade him next season to the in to a in conference, conference in conference yeah. opponent. That's the question. But like I said, Broncos fans were 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 we're gonna have to watch Drew Locke or Tate Bridgewater when we're here. But like I said, if, if Aaron Rodgers if everything has been true thus far and Aaron Rodgers wants to be a Denver Bronco, we just made the trade next summer a lot easier. Because we won't have to give up nearly as much. Yeah, you get to keep around some of your weapons. This is also every team that was in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes this next season is an audition for which team he can probably He's going to choose a team that gives him the best championship for another cha- for another chance for another championship. He doesn't want to go out as a guy who just won one Super Bowl. Everybody knows that it's already disappointing the team that Green Bay had, only getting one Super Bowl out of Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews, all those guys, A.J. Hawk. They were Charles Woodson, too. They, they had these three years where they should have won the Super Bowl, and they just only got one out of it. So it's a – at least the Broncos know that they're going to put the best product on the field. Bronco fans know that – you know, I think they were going to get that anyway because this is Fangio's make-or-break-it year. They're going to decide what they want to do after him. Pat Shermer's got to figure out how he's going to get another job after this season. And Drew Locke, I mean, it's unfortunate, but if you get Aaron Rodgers, you know that that's probably at least a conference championship bid. And, and, so. ha- and hell, maybe this time next year, Drew Locke isn't a part of the deal. And Aaron Rodgers has three years left. Drew Locke can either sit around and, and see – and become the the predecessor. Yeah, he'll be a lot older after that. But might not be a bad thing. It may not be a bad thing. So, who knows? I was gonna ask you too if if he does. I would say if he makes it to the playoffs, the Broncos at least gotta try and keep him around to sit behind Aaron Rodgers because if he can make it to the playoffs, you at least know you have that. And 
development still. He's, I would say that he maybe regressed a little bit last season, but he has shown progress. And this and everything in the offseason that I've heard so far, all of the teammates that he got drafted with, everybody says that this is the year he's finally taken those steps. You know, he was just doing the bare minimum. Now he's doing a little bit extra meeting with Peyton Manning. You know, it's sad that you don't get Aaron Rodgers this year, but, you know, you were greedy. You, you don't have to be greedy. Bronco fans got four years of Peyton Manning. I still think you're going to get at least three with Aaron Rodgers if he does decide to come to the Broncos. Um, speaking of – I will ask you one more thing. Okay. What do the Packers have to do to try to secure him for a year? Because, look, they obviously told try to tell him the right things. But in the back of their mind, they're like, damn, what can we do to try? They're, they're trading Randall Cobb back. They're getting Randall Cobb back from t- Houston, apparently. Hmm. They traded for him. So what does the Packers have to do to try to keep Aaron Rodgers a Packer for life? Because I think, in my opinion, if they don't win the Super Bowl, he's gone. If he goes to the Super Bowl, loses, he's gone. If he wins it, then there's a discussion that he stays. I think he's gone, no matter what. No matter what? The way he, like, for him to win on all fronts like he did, this is... He wants to show – he's already shown that he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't need the Packers organization. He can get whatever he wants out of them. So I think, you know, this is one more chance. He wants to boost whatever value he's going to have too because whatever team he goes to, he's going to have to renegotiate a contract for however long he wants to play. So this is going to give him a chance to show, yes, I'm still an MVP caliber quarterback. I will be able to be an MVP caliber quarterback for a few more years. I think he's gone no matter what. I, I think that he's gotten everything that he wanted out of Green Bay, and now he's going to get to go wherever he wants and figure out what he wants to do with the rest of his life. Because he's shown this summer he's got a lot of other interests outside of football. Golf, TV, maybe. Just Definitely. hanging out, chilling on, chilling at Hawaii. Because he's made enough money, he can probably just do that now. So I mean, what if we get to a scenario where, uh, where, where, the, where Gutenkunst gets fired? I mean, I mean, yeah. that's a possibility. It is. A it really possibility. is. It's a possibility. Because at the end of it, at the end of the year, if the Packers make the conference championship or the Super Bowl again, is the owners, yes, it's it's the fans, will they really be like, man, we are we really going to let, we really going to let Gutenkunz be the face of the franchise or are we going to keep Aaron Rodgers? Because I think there is a better chance that now, because he he is in the building, that there's a better chance that he figures that he can stay now. Because the Packers, they're saying all the right things. Like I said, they're saying all the right things. They're doing everything they can to keep him in the door, and they did that. Yeah. But do you think that he's sticking around for the organization, or do you think – because I think this offseason he proved that he can be selfish when he wants to be. He's been a team guy. I'll give him credit. This is the only OTAs that he's missed in his whole career. He's a guy that's had a starting job for the past 10-plus years. I think that he's – I think that he's shown that he's selfish. I think that whatever he's doing this season is not to prove to the Packers what he can do. I think – like I said, I think he's, he's at the point where he's like, you know what? I've been in Green Bay. I think about what Delaney Walker just said, how he thinks that his legacy is going to be diminished because he's playing in a market like Tennessee. I I happen to disagree with what he thinks of the Tennessee market, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been in Green Bay for a long time. He can go out. It, it makes the most sense for him in the way that I think he wants to finish his career to go to the 49ers and to prove that he can win with the 49ers and, go and back be in home California. To his place. Go uh, back home. But go his, back home to his childhood team, basically. Yeah, he wanted to do that when he came into the league. That's what everybody thought was going to happen. They drafted Alex Smith instead. Um, I really think that, you know, it's, this, it's, this is his last go-around in Green Bay. 
I, I don't know. I like I said, I Aaron Rodgers is a man of different 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 avenues. Everyone said he's retiring. He's never walking in that door again. Well, he walked in that door again, and everyone said he walked in like he owned the place because he does. He, he, does, he absolutely he does. owns the place. That right franchise now. right now is nothing without him. So yeah, he's the last standing prop that they have. Um, speaking of, you know, we're getting excited for NFL season to start. We'll have a little bit. We're going to tease our big announcement. We won't announce it until next or uh, until Friday. So you have to listen to the bonus episode for our one year anniversary that we're releasing this Friday. Um, but with the Hall of Fame game only a couple weeks away, you're a big Bronco fan. I'm a big Bengals fan. I'm going to be calling a lot of game, Bengals games on ColorCast. I wanted to get the thing that you're most excited about for the season for the Broncos and the thing that you're most worried about for the season for the Broncos leading into preseason and the season starting to ramp up here. What, so what I'm most excited about? What you're about? most excited about? What you're most nervous about for, for the Broncos? Most and I'll, give mine well, for I'll start with most nervous about, and it's the quarterback battle. I think that's very, very easy to say. I am very, very excited about seeing these young weapons because, because if we get consistent QB play, Judy, having Judy out there with Sutton, who hasn't been out there, fans could have a top five tight end year. Everyone's predicting him to be the next big tight end to take that next step and all the Javante Williams who I think is going to be a stud mm-hmm. he, he's a he's the second round running back or yeah second round running back out of North Carolina I think he, he is great potential so those are two guys that a couple guys that I'm looking out for and then this defense man mark it mark it down if you are a fantasy football guy like myself have the Broncos as a top the Broncos are a top three defense right now to be drafted one they have the easiest schedule two the amount of stars on this defense is is almost matched to Super Bowl 50, and that's saying a lot mm-hmm. because you have the two edge rushers, obviously, in Chubb and Vaughn. You have the, the DBs and Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Kyle Fuller, Patrick Bryce Callahan, Sertan. Patrick Sertan. has been very, very highly touted so far in the offseason process. So, so this defense is going to be damn special, which I am very, very excited about. Just the it's, – it's – it's just the make or break is going to be the one position. Do you think that it is a 50-50 competition? Do you think that there's a chance Teddy Bridgewater earns a starting job? I, I think it's day? Drew Lock. Look, you have to throw Drew Lock out there. You have to. So it's the quarterback <clears throat> battle that we saw between Trevor Simeon and Pat- Paxton Lynch. I know I don't want to bring up bad memories, but. it's, it's it, This is Drew Locke's job. It is the first three weeks. If he, if he doesn't perform like he has been because he has one opportunity left mm. because obviously like you said with the Aaron Rodgers stuff if he's available and the Bronco, Broncos are suitors that then Drew Locke's gone so this is a chance and he's only going to be given so many mistakes and then you're going to be like okay you have I'll give him six weeks to the bye week to the bye week if if this team isn't a above 500 football team it's Teddy Bridgewater's team and then next year the Broncos make a strong push for Aaron Rodgers all right, for, for my Bengals, I am uh, nervous about the offensive line situation. I like the kid that – I looked more into the kid that they drafted in the second round. Uh, he's a hometown kid, so I think he's going to play hard. I hope that he's able to transition quickly to the NFL game because it is a big step. But if their offensive line can just hold up a little bit, an offense with Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, uh, T – no, not T. Higgins. Yeah, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon – should be able to score enough that they can be in some of these games. I don't know how good their defense is going to be. I think they probably got to bolster that a little bit more. I I think Jesse Bates is the best safety in, in at least the AFC. I know you're going to debate me with Justin Simmons. We can have that argument. It's a fair argument to have. Jesse Bates has been great in his first few years in, of his career. So 
they have some good things. I want to see progress, and that's what I'm most nervous about. I don't know if I trust Zach Taylor. He's had three years to build a culture. If this doesn't turn around and they win at least, I say they got to win at least five to six games and finish maybe six and 11 or something like that for him to be even considered about being brought back. I think this is the year that they got to start seeing some progression forward because it's been bad the last two years. I know it was a it was improvement record wise, but you still saw. I mean, that, I got to watch the Indianapolis game. It happened to be one of the games that Cincinnati got in the Denver market, and they blew a twenty three point lead in a quarter. It's just that's how my life works as a Bengals fan. I should be used to it by now. I'm just gonna get hurt, but I'm I'm nervous about how the coaching staff is gonna handle this team because it it should be a good team, or at least a better team on paper. Yeah, it's still. I'm going to be, go on. Be nice. Be nice I, I'm going to go on a limb. I still think you're the fourth best team in the division. We uh, have very good. Our division is the best division in football. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that. But yeah. I mean, that, that's that's we play that, the hardest teams. That's that, why we that, get the yeah, shit kicked out of yeah, us. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't play in your favor. <laughs> I know it doesn't. But let me let me be okay. I already hate football season enough most of the time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're, we got a, a big announcement coming that involves a current NFL player. Um, that's that's what I'll say about that right now. Uh, let's transition. The NHL expansion draft happened when the last episode dropped Wednesday night. And I don't know what you thought about the Seattle Kraken, but I put a blog out there on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can go check it out, unhingedsn.com. I broke down every single pick that they had. You know, they had like, I'd say, three to four picks that I was like, okay, that's a really good player. Um Yanni Gord from Tampa was a really good pickup for them. But then they also made some, like they were picking the third and fourth best player available from teams because they had cheap contracts and they didn't spend any of the money in the contracts. Like all the money that they saved, they didn't pick up a single guy that would have cut into that. Didn't pick Carey Price, decided his contract was too big. They ended up going with Drager as one of their goalies out of Florida. What did you think of what Seattle did in the expansion draft? Look, Seattle, Seattle is is buying into the fact that they're not going to do what Vegas did. They, they basically came to the realization that teams got smart Smarter than 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 what happened to get two three years three years ago four years ago now whatever it was uh, when Vegas I think four it might, years ago four years ago yeah. now teams got smart because they're like you know what we're gonna let the we're, if Seattle wants to take a fat contract go ahead and knock yourself out mm-hmm. and they, they protected smart the teams got a lot smarter protecting players and Seattle has obviously they saw the list come out and they're like damn. Do we really want to just met, try to trade a bunch of assets around and and do do it like that, or do we do we do we want to try to build for three years from now? Because this team is going to suck. There, I am telling you right now, this team is going to suck. Yeah, they are not going to be good. You know what their saving grace is? The Pacific Division sucks. Outside of Vegas, every I didn't see a, another team. I said at the end of the blog. I don't see them being very competitive. I don't see them going to the cup final like Vegas did. Like I don't said. see them making the playoffs. Not I said that they finals. could possibly get a wild card just because that division sucks so much. That's bad. pushing it too. I still think it, it would be I still think it. like the I still think the Ducks are better and I think the Kings are even better than them. Or the Yotes. The Yotes are in that division the Yotes just got too. Rid of Garland I, and, I know they're not smart I don't know what they're doing. They're doing the same shit that Philadelphia Philadelphia did nothing but get worse too and Carolina. Everybody like this is there's moments like this where I just we got to sit back and and I'll bring it up with uh, my bench warmer of the week later on too because it's about another GM. We just got to sit back and go. Thank, thankfully, we get we can rely on Joe Sackick to do good things. He's not going to screw everything up entirely. 
at least, you know, knock on wood, he hasn't done that so far, and he hasn't shown the, t- the tendency to do that. It's been bad. I mean, let's talk about Chicago, because Chicago, what what the hell are you what doing? What the fuck are we like, doing? Like, you're the only team Seattle fleeced, which I said in the blog, too. It's cool to see the expansion teams get one over on the original six teams, because Chicago was dangling Zadorov's $10.5 million contract. Like, come on! He could be a big defenseman. He'll be a physical enforcer. He's a Ryan Reeves type guy. They were like, nope, we're not going to take that. We, they, I think they got a better pick out of Chicago than I, I expected. I don't but know then about they, that, but... they go out and, and have Zadorov's big ass contract. They take on Seth Jones's big ass contract, and I don't think Seth Jones is worth the money he's making anyways from Columbus. And then, you know what? We're not spending enough money. It's a flat cap year, eighty million dollars for the entire league. Mark Andre Fleury, what are you doing? How, uh, you up? And shame on Vegas. Oh, my God. Shame on – this is a bad situation all the way around. First of all, Vegas just – Vegas just Pittsburgh Pittsburgh penguin themselves. I say that with the the most utmost respect to that organization. But but Pittsburgh fucked up. To Pittsburgh, not Vegas. To Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh fucked up by picking Matt Murray over Fleury. It was proven. And in what world, why do you think Robin Lanier is better than Mark andre Fleury? I'm sorry. He's not. He's really not. I don't know what you saw from him, but all I saw from Lanier is a fucking seven-goal performance from the Avs and then him losing two straight against Montreal, and you fucking stuck with him over your Vesna winner, Hall of Fame first ballot goalie. Didn't even tell him he was getting traded. He His out, agent had to find out through a tweet on Twitter, and and oh my god, nothing. Oh man, I'm so glad Joe Sack will never do that. Maybe yeah. I mean knock on wood for me, Jimmy, but I, I I don't think he'll ever do that because he'll be a little more respectful about letting a player go. But holy cow, Flurry may be the most not disrespected, but the most the 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 most Hall of Fame worthy player with the least amount of respect. He doesn't get enough because of what he's been able to do his whole career. Everyone says, "Oh, it was Crosby. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was the front guys for Vegas. It was, it was all those studs that they had over there in Pittsburgh." No, fucking Flurry. He, he's the backbone of so many teams. I, uh, I don't. I saw the trade. What the fuck is is Vegas getting back? They, they was a, it wasn't. They didn't go, do this to get anything back. This I know, but still, get something. Well, they didn't get shit. Yeah, no, they, they didn't, didn't get shit. They didn't. It, it didn't matter. Like, you get a guy who is a AHL type player and a third round pick, yeah. and for a Vesna winner. If the that was the Vesna winner, if that Raining. if that was the price, Colorado, they should have fucking called. Seriously. Yeah. I'm serious. Why the fuck not? Because if that was the asking price, a lot of teams around the league right now are like, that was the fucking asking price? Are you shitting me? Because mm-hmm. Flurry, there's a reason why he's, he's, he's teetering on, on retirement right now. He doesn't want to go play for fucking Chicago. Chicago sucks right now. I'm sorry. They do. No, you're, they not get, you're not going to get a playoff team from the Blackhawks again until they revamp this full, whole team. Kane is old. Taze is old. You don't have Duncan Keith anymore. And an aging Flurry and Seth Jones, you're telling me this is a playoff team? Hell no. I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury is their starter either. 
Who's, I think he's gonna he's gonna split the net too. That's just what ends, ends up happening. With and he's Mark not Hedder doing Flurry. that. This I I want to bring attention to this meme that I found and I retweeted on our our Twitter page at FEOTB Pod. Shout out Avalanche because they were the ones that, that posted it. But it's the Simpsons and it's Mark Andre Fleury's face. It says, "So that's it after four years. So long, good luck." And then it goes to the Vegas guy on the other end of the thing. It's like I don't recall saying good luck. Like just get, just go. We don't need you anymore. We don't need you. You, you got us to the Stanley Cup final. One win away from the Stanley Cup championship in an inaugural season. Yeah, that, that doesn't matter. We're we're just gonna move on. Um, the Avalanche made a trade today that got a little bit of a mixed reaction because they gave away a fourth round pick and they got back. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but he's a big defenseman. Six foot five. Yeah, he's he's got size like. One thing that we did mention was that the Avalanche needed to get bigger. It was evident in the playoff series against Vegas that they needed to get a little bit more physical. So it hits that box. I can see where maybe you don't want to give up an asset, but a fourth-round pick in the NHL is not equivalent to what we think of a fourth-round pick in the NFL draft. A, a fourth-round pick in the NHL, NBA draft, or MLB draft doesn't mean shit. The NFL draft, the guy could be a player right away. The fourth uh, – look – I go as far. I say every single draft. Obviously, NBA draft is this is this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But first round picks in general don't mean anything if you're a contender. They doesn't. That player you're gonna draft at number 28, 29, 30, whatever it is, is not gonna help your team right away. It's not. Find me a player in in the last. 10 years who was on a contending team who had a huge impact that was drafted with a 30th overall pick. I bet you can't name one. Not the 30th, no. Or, it's, or it's like after five is the guys that don't even affect how your team is going Like, play. there's been players that have been drafted in the top 15, top 20, that have impacted the team to make the playoffs. Hmm. But I have never seen a contender who has been either in the conference finals or the championship in any sport, really. Shout out Ryan Whitney. Ryan Whitney did it for Pittsburgh, but you could all he, he was drafted in the same class as Crosby. But, but I mean, like, it, it just doesn't happen. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. So, fourth round pick for a guy that's going to be a huge body who can can be Graves or Zadorov. I'm couldn't be happier. I Hopefully. it's a cheap contract. The guy obviously the the Kings or I think he was on the Kings before. The Kings obviously didn't want him. I think he might have been Carolina too. I don't I don't know who it was. But they they he was he was available and the Avs are like, you know what? We can get him for cheap. A fourth round pick for him is nothing in my opinion. Like I said, Fourth round picks don't. If you're if you if you're an Avalanche fan and you are sweating over trading a fourth round pick, do yourself a favor and just go watch some other sport. Because if we're worrying about losing a fourth round pick because we got a defenseman with six foot five and he's not good enough for a fourth round pick, oh fuck off. The fourth, like I said, fourth round picks don't mean shit. I would go as far as saying end of the first round picks don't mean shit. It is. After the top 15 in almost every single draft, if there's a fall-off, you are basically betting on this guy being a stud down the road. Because you're going to find that, look, there's the Jokic's, there's there's the type of players that fall in the second round, there's the Draymond's, there's the whatever it may be, that are gems in the late end of the first round and the second round. Mm-hmm. But those are guys that you're banking on developing by themselves with your team because they're not going to come in right away and be your stud. Uh, shout out, we got the younger McCarr brother. We drafted him in this year's NHL entry draft. By the way, that fourth-round pick is not even this year's pick. It's next year's pick. So we have a whole another year to worry about whether or not we, we lost something in that. 
I I got to see this guy, this defenseman's feet. Hopefully, he can make up for Graves on the penalty kill because that was the big, that was the big part about losing Graves. Graves was great on penalty kills. The Avs penalty kill unit was one of the best in the league and one of the best in the playoffs. They were their special teams carried them through a lot of games, and that's why they were able to handle the Blues they, the way they did in the first round. But uh, you know, I'm not losing too much sleep over it. I think that. If there was a big overreaction, I, I'd be. I was more upset about losing Eunice in the expansion draft, even though that was going to happen. That was a bigger blow than what we gave up for a guy who could maybe help out our, our defense, maybe get us a little bit nastier. And the biggest blow may happen this week too. So we we very well. We, did, we offered Landy seven and seven, which I fe- I think is probably the most fair offer that he can get and be in a position where he can still win. I think that's what he wants if, to if, do. If, if, look, I, we won't touch upon this too much because obviously we have a lot more to get to, but we'll talk about more next week if he does leave or if he does resign because there's a good chance by the time next time we're recording he's either gone or here still. If he is not willing to take less money than Kale McCarr, then he can fucking leave. I'm serious. I love Landy. He is one of my favorite players. I have his freaking jersey. But if you are saying that I'm worth 10 $11 million and you are hurting the franchise – you're telling me by 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 Landeskog asking for that much money, you're basically saying I'm worth more than this, more to this team than Nathan McKinnon. I know it's it's he's not saying that out directly, but it is basically that mm-hmm. because you have the best player in the world contract coming up next season, and he has to get paid. Yeah. <clears throat> Landy can walk out the door because I am taking Nathan McKinnon. 500 times out of 10 over Atlantis called. I'm sorry, you're replaceable, bud. You, you want to go play for a shit organization? Knock yourself out because we'll just move on. We'll figure out somebody else to wear the C. I know he's worn it for a long time, and he's worn a C everywhere he's been. But that, that is not a C type of mentality if you're asking for that much money when you know who we have to get paid, who else has to get paid. All right, now we're, we get to transition to something we've been talking about. Uh, it was one of my ideas. And we were both kind of disappointed at how some of our color cast games went. We never really had a close game, a buzzer beater type play to call. So I kind of came up with the idea. Let's pick our favorite moments from sports history. We'll be able to talk about the moment at hand, and then we'll be able to give our spin on how we would have broadcast the game if we were in that, in that, in those shoes. I get a little bit more practice as a broadcaster. We get to look back at some of the cooler moments that we can both remember in sports. And I brought the first one today. We were going to try and find a Summer Olympic one, but I, I didn't find one that I really liked. So I thought, you know what? My favorite broadcast that I've heard is the ending of Super Bowl 32. I know Super Bowl 32 is big in your mind with the Broncos. It's their first championship. Really cemented John Elway as one of the better quarterbacks of all time. First Denver championship too, basically. Second, because uh, the Avalanche. Av- but it yeah. was it was back to back. Still, yeah. Well, um, we'll talk a little bit about the history of the play. We'll get into calling the action. We have it on the TV here, so you'll get our actual what our actual call would have been, and then uh, we'll we'll get into the break after this. But this is going to be our first how it could have sounded. And like I said, we're doing the helicopter play and then the ending of Super Bowl Thirty Two. This took place January 25th, 1998, and uh, it was an interesting Super Bowl to say the least. You know, the Broncos were heavy favorites the year before and lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Jaguars. So then they come back this year. Terrell Davis has a hell of a year. This was the year before he would rush for 2,000 yards. And John Elway, he's older, but I would say he's basically he, – he's a li- he reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning the season before the 2015 year when he won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. Uh, but they came into this game 14-point underdogs. 
the uh, def- Packers defending Super Bowl champions with Brett Favre on the other end, Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. I mean, as a Bronco fan, there wasn't a lot of people saying that they were going to win this game at all. No, because it was the legend of Brett Favre, and the, all the rumors were saying that John Elway can't win the big one. Yeah. Sounds very, very similar to a lot of people nowadays, but John Elway can never big the, win the big one, and I think I think he, I think I think I think he was able to show the world why he was able to finally win the big one. I mean, it's it was an interesting one because obviously the Bronco, the it wasn't necessarily just him. It was number thirty TD also behind him. TD was a big player throughout the whole season. It's it, they were the yin and yang basically of the Broncos. It was those two. How far the Broncos were to go, it was on the backs of those two. Yeah, and then in the game they had the adversity. Uh, I actually, we, my parents have Terrell Davis's book that he wrote about the about his time in the NFL, and in the first quarter he had a migraine where he couldn't see because he had the the kind of migraines that he, he loses his vision. And there's that infamous highlight on the sideline of Shanahan. He's like, Coach, I can't see. It's like that's fine. You don't have to see. We're not going to give you the ball. But if you're not in the game, they won't believe that we're running. So you got to be out there. And they ended up scoring on that play. They were able to throw a little dump off touchdown pass but I mean this team overcame a lot to win the first championship and think about the other showings they had in the Super Bowl getting blown out by the 49ers getting blown out by the Giants not only had John Elway not won a Super Bowl he didn't play well in Super Bowls so this is kind of this will pick up to I think the defining moment of his career and of this game and then it'll go through and, and we'll give you the reaction that Denver had when they won this championship for the first time in, in Broncos franchise history. So here we go. All right, Broncos come to the line, third and six, have to keep the drive going. We'd much rather have a touchdown here to put the pressure on Green Bay. They get a false start, Elway back. He's going to run, finds a little bit of room open to his right. He's going to slide. No, he dives head first. Helicoptered around by a couple of Packers defenders. Looked like it might have been a miss, miss blocking some of Rod Smith there. He, he, I mean, he, he kind of just let, let the, the the corner loose and and oh my god, that could have been that could have been a bad injury for Elway, but he gets right back up. Oh my he god, popped right back up. He is in another dimension. Didn't even hesitate. He just took the snap and then finds a little bit of room. Now turns hands off to Darrell Davis. R- Davis able to wrestle his way into the end zone, and that's exactly what you want. Now he's gonna give the mile high salute. To all of his teammates, Eddie Mack getting in on it, Rod Smith. Now the Packers unable to get close with a field goal. Yeah, TD, what a run, man! Right, right into the end, right there. I mean, LA got got that helicopter. I mean, helicopter move to get us right in the end zone and 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 good good old TT, good old Mister Reliable number thirty, always finishing drives off right where they started. That's exactly what they needed. Now Brett Favre. Has to get his offense into the end zone. Not not an easy task in this against this defense. Pass knocked away, and that'll be it. They have upset the defending Super Bowl champions, 14-point underdogs, and the city of Denver can stand up proud. Their second major sports championship, first in franchise history. Pat Bolin and John Elway can call themselves world champions as a member of the 1997 Denver Broncos. What a moment in franchise history. Man, Broncos country is going to remember this forever. Sean Elway with the hands up, the strap loose, losing his mind, finally able to win the big one. Finally able to do it. And off the likes of Shannon Sharp, Terrell Davis, all those great studs for the Denver Broncos, man. As as the, all the reporters come running on the field, Mike Shanahan, Shanahan could not be more happy. He's finally got over the hump as well. We saw the tide of the game. We knew Elway wanted to make sure he put this game out of reach. We've seen him 
have fourth fourth quarter heroics before you think of the drive back in the 80s against Cleveland that helicopter play on third down and six a broken play he was looking to make some sort of completion downfield and, and move the sticks he decides you know I'm 37 years old I'm going to take the reins myself and he stumbled rumbled and bumbled found his way down helicopter dove head first to get that first down and that you can't tell me that a man wants to win a game more than that. And, and now he's being picked up by his teammates. Oh man, do, John, do not lose that football. Do not lose that football. Uh, the, yeah. You better hold on to that for dear life and make sure that's in a safe somewhere. Do not do whatever you do with that Super Bowl winning football. Make sure you tuck that away. Give that to your family, whatever it may be. Give that to your son down the road. Make sure you don't lose that. Now the question becomes, if you're a Denver Bronco fan, they won the one Super Bowl. Can we try and do Going back to back, baby. Come on back. Winning one makes you a champion. Winning two makes you special. And I think Mr. Elway might have a little bit of an inkling to try and win championship number two. Both Only one can leave. Hold on. Wait a minute. That's not what we agreed on. This isn't a death match. What are you talking about? This isn't a death match. This is not. This is just our podcast. What? What's our podcast called? Our podcast is the Dago Express. I told you this. All of this in an email. Oh yeah, I don't check. It. Why don't you check? Why did you give me your email if you're not going to check your email? Well, it's just nice to give somebody something to write down. I thought you just wanted something to write down. No, that's not at all what I wanted you to do. Okay, well tell me more about this podcast. This podcast is just a bunch of random nonsense. Me and you having a conversation with the microphone. That's all it is. Okay, and when can I listen to this podcast? Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And is it just going to be one place? No, it'll be on all your streaming platforms. <laughs> so it's two brothers, both enter, one microphone. See what happens. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Yeah, that's nice. We'll go with that. Benchwarmers of the Unhinged Sports Network, we have business to tend to. We are still partnered with Fanatics, the home for any kind of sports merchandise that you can think of. And Nico, tell the people what they can find if they go to the Fanatics app in our bio at Pod. We got so much stuff you can get off Fanatics right now. NBA playoffs are about to start. NHL playoffs are starting as well. Both teams, you can get any of your gear from Fanatics. Go get your jersey of your fair team. If your team wins a cup, go get your Fanatics gear. Uh, go get uh, go get the championship gear on Fanatics, excuse me. Um, we have baseball starting up as well. Our Rockies aren't the best, but you know what? There's all-star game gear on Fanatics. So if you're in the Colorado area, you want to go get um, some all-star game gear, go to the Fanatics, our Fanatics shop. And as well, man, the NFL draft just started. I know Jimmy's got his Joe Burrow jersey. Why don't you go get a Jamar Chase one now, those icy whites, or Go get yourself a Trevor Lawrence jersey, Justin Fields, or even if you're a Bronco fan, get you a Patrick Sertan number two. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. If you're a sports fan and you're not getting merchandise from Fanatics, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. It's the best place to get all geared up, anything that you could want, any sport, any team, and it helps out the Unhinged Sports Network as well. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the far end of the bench here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And uh, that was, I mean, I really enjoyed that segment. I think it, it was a cool introduction and a, and a cool moment in the city's history. And like we said, we were trying to get into the mindset of what the franchise was at at that point. And that really was the question after they won the first Super Bowl. Is John Elway going to come back? He didn't. He didn't come back until the very end. He kind of, you know, he played golf up until training camp report day. Um, but then he did end up coming back and, and they went back to back in the 98 season. So, 
cool moment in the hit, in sports history, and I've I've loved that radio call with Dave Logan, our former coach in high school, all my life. Uh, that was kind of what got me into the broadcasting kind of world, and and now I get to have my own little spin on it. So that was uh, fun. Oh, Dave Logan is like I said, a former coach of ours, and and uh, some of the like. Do you remember any Broncos highlights as a Broncos fan? Most of the calls have been Dave Logan. One call that I hope we get to um, during this before the season, maybe we'll get to it, is the DT touchdown because that's still probably my favorite call I've ever heard on the radio by far. So hopefully we get to that one too. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys will have to – if you like these, interact with them, like them on YouTube, leave comments, have discussions in the comments. If you like these, if these start to get a really good reaction like the factor caps have been getting – we might try and continue to do this into the season. This was going to be just an off-season thing, but if you guys have a really good reaction to this, we might as well try and incorporate it into our, our normal show. Um, but, yeah, we'll have more of those coming up until the NFL season really kicks off. Now we get into some fun discussions. I, I've really been enjoying our segments ever since we introduced the Factor Cap, like I said, and then Off the Hinges and uh, What's Brewing has always been fun. But now we'll start with uh, Bench Warmer of the Week. And uh, you got to see mine first. I haven't been able to, to – I don't know who you're picking. Do you want to go first or do you want want me to go? I'll go first because, like I said, most of my segments coming up are going to revolve around the Olympics because, like I said, I'm wearing my Team USA stuff. It's 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 the only thing on my TV right now. So, um, bench one of the week, it's Kevin Durant. Look, everyone has been saying that you sold out for the Warriors. You sold out for, for that. And this was supposed to be your team. It was. You were supposed to be the leader. You are supposed to be the main guy. And you can't be a team Somebody led by Evan Ford. A, a Robin? Yeah, you can't. Okay, he's not. Uh, I, I know he's not a Robin, but is he, he more is comfortable not, he, having. <laughs> is he a Thanos where he needs the Infinity Stones? Yeah, he, he, I think that's a better way yeah, to put it. Go. But the happy birthday boy is is uh, needs to get his shit together because he is going to be continuing bench warm of the week because if he doesn't put up numbers like he should have been, then. It's gonna be it's gonna be bad news. All right, my uh, bench warmer of the week. It's not a player, but we mentioned him before. Brian Gutenkunst, the GM of the Packers. This is one of the all-time bad GM jobs. Like this is. I thought we were watching a Madden, a guy trying to play as the GM or the owner, and he just absolutely ran the franchise into the ground. You basically give up all your leverage regarding the movement of Aaron Rodgers. You concede to everything that he wants. He got to miss OTAs, got to go have fun and, and make everybody sweat. He got to boost his brand because Aaron Rodgers has been the most talked about athlete, I think, in, in especially in his offseason. And now you you basically put yourself in a place where they're going to have to pick between Rodgers and you. And I still, if you're of, of the same thing of me, I think it's still not going to matter. But you basically backed yourself into getting fired. You made yourself a lame duck. That's that's bad. The craziest thing about all this is I bet I bet there's a camera crew somewhere because we are seeing Last Dance 2.0. There's a, there's a reason why why uh Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers posted a picture of Jordan and Pippen together. That obviously 100% meant that Aaron Rodgers was coming back, but it also meant that this is their last fucking show here. And and if you all remember, Good to Kunz is, Jer- I won't say Jerry Krause 2.0, but he's getting there. He's getting there, and we could we could be in a sticky situation. I'll tell you that. Like I said, I just have to be very thankful that my my biggest, uh, not my biggest, but one of my 
biggest teams that I root for has a GM like Joe Sackick, who normally doesn't make moves that put his team in jeopardy. Brian Gutekunst, benchwarmer of the week, and you don't, you're not even an athlete. That's that's bad. I don't I don't know how else to put that. Uh, now, most dominant team of the week. Um, I'm interested. I think you might be a little bit more specific than mine, but my most dominant team of this week is Team USA, but not like the swimming team or the gymnastics team, but obscure sports, the taekwondo team, fencing, getting the the events that you're getting the first Olympic medalists of the USA, of Team USA in these modern Olympic games. That's where I wanted to shine a light to. That's what I've been really impressed with. Um, so far, so that's why I picked Team USA as my most dominant. I'll be I'll be specific because mine's Team USA as well. But I'm going to see the say, say the relay team yep. because obviously the relay team dominated with with absolutely astounding fan, fashion. They were close to they it, were on the world record pace for a while. We're on world record pace for a while, and then after the fourth guy came in, it was it was smooth sailing all the way in. I can't think of his name at the top of my head. But I'm also going to go Apple was the anchor. Apple. Yeah, I was going to give auto invention to the. Uh, Oh, oh my God! What country was it? Argent? I think it was Argentinian guy who has a, who had a torn Achilles three months ago. I totally forgot about this dude. Dude tore his Achilles three months ago, and he he won won one of the relays too. Or I guess with the team or something for something. I forgot what it was. The dude had a torn Achilles like not too long ago, so that was wild. But Team USA, like I said, not the basketball team. Everybody else is do is 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 carrying the weight of this country Everybody on else the is back. Competing. Yeah. The basketball team has yet to compete in the Olympics. They're there. They're on the yeah. floor, but they haven't been competing. 3v3 is a different story, though. Yeah. 3v3 is a different story. That is sure to, how fun to I watch. I might have to sharpen up my game. Maybe let's try out for the Olympics. Hey, I, 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 th- I, I think you like 3x3. Three three. Probably. Because 3x3, three three, there's no running run up and down. down the court. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you can sit in the paint and just get boards. Yeah. That might be your. That, I don't know what I was doing. Honestly, I think FIBA, three by three FIBA made rules style. benefit me too. That's because true. Yeah. Goaltending's allowed. You can stand in the paint. <laughs> You're telling me you can get up and a goaltend the bucket. We don't have to bring that up. We we could have just left it there. You didn't have to pop burst my bubble. But uh, let's let's move into what's brewing. Presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them at High Alpine Brew. If you're a hunter and you're in that Gunnison Valley area, High Alpine Brewing Company is a great place to check out when you're uh, um, in between your your time out there. But what do you got for what's brewing this week? My what's brewing. I was very surprised when I when I saw you give me the give me the rundown of everything, and you didn't have this on there. We have a new team name. The Cleveland Guardians. I was trying to avoid that. I know you're trying to avoid the hell out of that, but we got to talk about it a little bit. What's brewing? There's a new baseball team name. And, look, whether you agree on the Indian Indians name being changed or whatever, God damn, you could have done so much better. Oh, oh my exactly God, you could have done so much better. When, when we were at our, our buddy's wedding, shout out Gabe and Mackenzie, we were, we were hanging out there. We were having this initial discussion because that was the day it was announced. It's the laziest name change that they could have Oh, my done. God. The, you know, you, all you have to do is change half of the jersey yeah. because you still have D-I-A-N-S, the same, and all you have to do is change the first part of it. The laziness. You, like, there, there were so many sick names that they could have gone with. Like you said, the Spiders, which is an ode to a pa- former minor league team apparently or something, would have been sick. But, like – also, the logo is 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 something that I cr- I could have created on yeah. Canva. Like 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 it, it took no effort at all. Uh, the, you could have done. There there's potential. Guardians isn't a terrible name. Don't get me wrong. But it's been just, in names before, but it's been an XFL name. So. Yeah, like there there. You gotta you gotta have a little bit of creativity. Like 
I hope the Washington football team, this this is like, God damn, the, the monkey is off our backs. Because the Washington football team name, I'm not. I'm hoping it doesn't stick, but it looks a lot better than this right now. Because you, because they're gonna have to pick a name at some point. And all I'm saying right now is Washington, get the fuck away from everything. Maybe just keep the same seller scheme, but go go wild. Go, give me something interesting. Don't go the name of tigers or fucking uh, or eagles or red or wolves. yeah. Red, give me red wolves. Red give tails. me red birds, red tails, whatever. Yeah. Give me something that is new, intriguing. Because the guardians, they are not going to sell shit merchandise because it's a, it, because because look, you you can't sit here and tell me that the merchandise is going to be that much different. It's going to look the exact same. You could have this, like I said, I, I I come from a marketing background, and I was saying this with. Oh, what was it? Some some jerseys that I was like, oh my god, all the Kraken. I was saying the Kraken are fucking geniuses because you can market the fuck out of it. The team can suck, but you know what? I'm gonna get people are gonna buy those jerseys. People are gonna buy those hats. No one's gonna borrow those fucking hats. No, you they could, also you, just... you could have had so much potential, and and there's so many cool things in Cleveland that. I'm, wow, I can't believe I just said that. Cool things in Cleveland. But there's so rock many roll, interesting rock things. Rock and roll Hall of Fame. There's interesting you things. You have Major League. Yeah. Like, people would buy Indians jerseys because of Major League and put Vaughn on the back or something. Yeah, make it, totally like, make it like out. the, uh, uh, oh, my God. I, the Cleveland Wild things. That would have fucking killed it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And put the little baseball from the Major League cover with oh the my glasses God. and the that, mohawk. That would have been that would have been the best team name in in sports. I'm not saying anything, but uh, Manfred, we're available for marketing. If you guys need help marketing your teams in the future, call call us up. I get. I looked into the, people were talking about the history of why they chose the Guardians. It's because of the the statue pillars that kind of protect the city, quote unquote, when it was first established. So I get that you kind of want you. Oh, did the stick name in. the name isn't terrible. Just the fucking lack of lack of uh, uh, effort. Let's mm. put it that way. Lack of effort is disappointing because, like I said, there were so many creative creative things you could have done, and picking a team name that that you didn't even put two cents of effort into and why are you doing in the middle of the season like it's not in effect until next i, I know yeah, but I know. everybody fucking sees it you don't release it you can you can say oh we got a name and just not release it until after the season because why what's the point in having your team out there wearing a different jerseys and selling merchandise that says indians on it right What's the what's the point of it? I don't think they yeah, I don't like, think they're no any more merchandise the rest God of the damn, season because idiots. why would you buy it if it's gonna change? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, my what's brewing, we talked about the goaltender controversy in the NHL. I don't know Vegas never appreciated what Flurry did. He never was the guy that they thought I think the one season that he was the guy in the net, it was their first season in twenty seventeen. They got to the Stanley Cup final. And if it weren't for Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals that year, they would have won the Stanley Cup. So I don't understand where the disrespect come from, but the fact that they did that to a guy who's a former number one overall pick, three-time Stanley Cup champion, the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, and uh, he had the also the award for best tandem goaltending, the guy who basically made made your team what it was this past season made your team interesting to watch everybody was talking about flurry on the lake tahoe game um 
and you just let him walk like that? Like you Maybe. don't even let him know that he got traded? It means it means the Western Conference is wide open. That's 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 the best news for us Avs fans. It totally means or Western. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, I don't it know is, how yeah. they're doing the playoffs. I hope they don't fucking stick with what we've been doing. But but go back to the old ways. But the Western Conference is wide open now. That means Flurry. Western Conference is uh, very top heavy. It's, well, I would say Minnesota, except Minnesota's got some contracts that they got to work out. They might lose Kaprizov back to the KHL in Russia. Did you hear about that? Yeah, but then they'll have him back for the playoffs, right? Uh, I guess maybe. I don't know how. Maybe Joe Sackett needs to look into this LTIR and until they fix it. Everybody that wins the Stanley Cup should just use it. Just tell Landy to go play in Sweden for half the year and then have him come back and then we'll win the Cup. Do you think it was a little slap in the face that we drafted a Swede with our number, our first-round pick this year? No, I know. We, no, I know, no, I know, no. I was just, I was just trying to stir up controversy, but I just feel like, you know, I already didn't have much respect for Vegas as a franchise. I think that they don't handle themselves very – I. I don't like the way that they handle themselves and they're only in their fifth year of existence coming up and doing that to a guy with the pedigree of Marc-Andre Fleury is just, that, that's not right. You could, you could have had him as your career goaltender. You could have had your first number in the rafters. 29 could have been retired up there. Why would he come back and do that now? No, fuck no. He's, he's done with that organization. He's, he's done a Pittsburgh Penguin for life until, unless he does something crazy in Chicago, he's a Pittsburgh Penguin for life. No one's going to remember him as a Vegas Golden Knight. No. And, you know, that's your own doing, unfortunately. You could can't blame anybody but yourself. The most relevant thing about your franchise and your entire franchise's history, and you just trade yeah. him for a random dude off the street and a fourth round pick. It's stupid. Or second round pick, whatever. It's stupid. All right, we already started going off the hinges a little bit there. So now off the hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them at Network Unhinged. Uh, I'm going to bring this up. I'm interested to see what you thought about this because we didn't actually talk about um, talk about this when it was happening last week. And I had some interesting conversations with some of our other colleagues on the Unhinged Sports Network. But Oklahoma and Texas have announced, and it's official, they will not be renewing their agreement with the Big 12. And uh, they've already been making googly eyes over at the SEC trying to see if they can weasel their way into that conference. Uh, I'll tell you a few schools that probably are not happy about that. I would say Texas A&M is one of them because their bargaining chip for recruiting in Texas right now is you get to play in the SEC. And uh, Vanderbilt's like, God damn it, another two more schools that can kick the shit out of us. Come on. If they're coming in, we're leaving. I, I'm done with this. Um, I, I will say, Oklahoma, I feel a lot better about this, wanting this. Texas has no leg to stand on. Like, why the fuck should Texas be in the SEC? Give me one reason why Texas should be in the SEC. There isn't one. Exactly. There isn't, there isn't one. First of all, look, I know football is college football is the is the holy grail but am i the only one that remembers the big 12 as the fucking best conference in college basketball like baylor fucking west virginia texas was decent oklahoma was good they had fucking 10 teams in the tournament i get oklahoma that this state kate cunningham kate cunningham are you shitting me like look i know football is the fucking everything i know it is but basketball is the fucking next best thing it goes football 20 feet of crap, basketball, 5,000 feet of crap, and then every other sports. Those are those are the two sports that I'm biased. I know I am because college basketball, I love college basketball, but those are the top two the sports. I'm being thrown at wrestling, but we can talk about I'm just, I'm just being honest. Yeah. And you're telling me that one of the best conferences in college basketball is going to break up. And, look, I don't understand it because because we are, we are – 
we are this close to getting a super four four conference super league, which which That's is the next step. which is the next step. And Oklahoma, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. I mean, look, I think this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Your one chance, your one chance at getting into the college football playoff just got fucking yanked from you. It did because you're telling me you're long. You're telling me an Oklahoma team with that only can stand one loss, and they have to face Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, um, uh, fucking uh, LSU. You're telling me that they can they're going to beat every single one of those teams on a yearly basis? Hell no. No, but Oklahoma. I'll I'll tell you that the Big Twelve is holding Oklahoma back. Oh, they are, but that's the one saving grace they have in making the playoff because they win their conference. They do. That's the one argument they have. What's Oklahoma's argument going to be? Because when they get their shit kicked in by Alabama every year, like they do in the playoff, they're going to have no say in getting into a, into a, into the Final Four. The only chance they have is if it gets extended to eight. Anyone that says, oh, Oklahoma's still going to make the Final Four, you're bullshitting yourself. The, 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 until this four-league or four-conference Super League gets into play or whatever, Oklahoma it will not make – I will make this – say it right now on this podcast, right now. Oklahoma will not make the Final Four until it gets extended if they play in the SEC. They, that's the only saving grace they have in the Big 12 is making the, making the Final Four by winning that conference because they don't even touch the SEC championship if they play in the SEC. I'm sorry. I know I just went off, but that's facts. I'll, I'll ask you this. Oklahoma and Texas A&M, do you think that they, it's a clear advantage to Texas A&M? I, I would say no. I think I would o- say no, but but Texas A&M is middle of the pack. No, Texas A&M was the fifth best team in the country this past year. In, in my books, it's still there. I still give a nod to Alabama, Georgia, LSU, I, I and, think, and Auburn over Oklahoma. I don't think that it's going to be quick. But of the of Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma's got the only shot to be able to adapt to be. Oh, one hundred percent over Texas, one hundred percent. Texas, I don't but, get like you. You already argued for sixty percent of the revenue share for the Big Twelve. You have your own TV network because you were making eyes of the Pac twelve, like uh, whenever they established that TV channel, and then the Big Twelve, the Big, it's the it's a silly analogy, but in part of my take, he said Texas is the girl that thinks she's way like girl that you've dated that thinks she's way prettier than than she is and then she causes fights in the bar so that you have to stand up for her and defend her honor and then she's still going to leave you anyways because she's going to go home with the other guy that gives her the most attention texas is just looking for the most attention possible right now and i'll i'll say this right now they are soft they're the softest program in division one college football with the fact that they got they petitioned the ncaa for horns down to be a personal foul no matter what and now you, you're like, oh, you're not giving me enough attention. I'm going to go play in the SEC and get shit-canned by schools like Tennessee and schools like Mississippi State. I think Texas Texas is going to be a four- to five-win program in the SEC conference. So that's what I, I think Oklahoma is middle of the pack. I don't, that's why I think both these teams – that's why I think it's a terrible idea. The only yeah. – the, the only – like I said, the only saving grace they had was was that they were going to win their conference every year for Oklahoma. There's a reason why they get their ass kicked every single year in the Final Four. Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield, guys butt kicked. Talking about Kyler Murray, butt that kicked. Was the great, that was, I think that's the greatest football game of all time, the Baker Mayfield-Georgia game. I'm just saying, that's going to be every fucking week. You're not, you don't have the Kansas States on your, on your schedule. You go into Baton Rouge, then you go into Tuscaloosa, then you go into um, in, in, into Tennessee. Like that's not easy. You 
the only like I said, Oklahoma will be a, a the the second best program in basketball in the SEC behind Kentucky, and and but besides that, football wise, this is this is a shit show, and and until we extend the playoff, which we are inching very very close to, which I'm happy about, I am happy about, and we we're. And with the with this is we're seeing the waves of the NIL happen. This this is more upset because of that because yeah. the revenue of the players are like God damn we can make a, if we were had the SEC patch on our on our chest that means a little bit more it does. Bryce Meredith already makes seven figures based off of his endorsements in Tuscaloosa. Bryce Young, Bryce Young, but Bryce, no, it was Bryce Young, yeah, maybe. Bryce, Bryce Meredith might have been a wrestler. I don't I don't know. There's a lot of Bryces. I said Bryce Love last week and that was wrong too. Um, but no, I think this is more. This is the teams trying to make super conferences is going to affect the integrity of college football more than the NIL ever could have thought of. And, re- I, and rest in peace, all the good, all the good rivalries, because we're not going to see any of those anymore. If Texas does move into the SEC, the one silver lining I'll say is we get the Texas Texas A and M rivalry every year. That's I'm a. That's one of my favorite rivalries is the Texas Texas A and M game. Just because I, I don't even know why, but I watched it a few times and it was that and CSU Nebraska are my two top rivalries that I like to watch. CU Nebraska. CU Nebraska. Don't don't we don't talk about that green team? It's CU Nebraska. CU Nebraska. <laughs> CU Nebraska. Skull bus. Okay, what's what's off the hinges for you this week? My off the hinges, like I said, all Olympic stuff here. Does it really have to take the Team USA basketball to lose to really get stars to play? Does it does we have to be in a situation where we get we get embarrassed on national TV and get beat by teams that we have no shot, no chance at losing against for for stars to realize that that we need the best players in the world should go play. This team should consist of Stephen Curry, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Anthony Davis and just to name a few those four. Just to name a few. James Harden. Throw James Harden in that conversation. Just to name a few. And that's that five alone can be. Any single lineup you can see. And you're telling me that the Olympics is a joke now to basketball. It really is. To Team USA in general. Everybody else, it is, the basketball is a world game. And until the USA realizes that we're not better than everyone else anymore, there's a reason why the finals MVP was 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 Greek. Why the MVP of the league, league was Serbian. Why the, best, the, the, the number one vote getter for the All-Star game was Slovenian. The game is growing, and we still have great talent over here. And the players, it, it literally takes us losing for players to realize that. And that's the worst part because every like 16 every, years, yeah, 16. every 16 years or whatever it is, it takes, a, it takes a punch in the mouth to finally get the players to realize that representing your country and representing your team on the biggest stage in the world means something. And that's the worst thing possible. It's three out of every four times you win a gold medal, but – the way USA basketball works, the way that we – the head start we had of all these other countries, it should be four out of four. There should not be that one out of every three Olympics you don't show up. This shouldn't be a conversation that we're having. All I'm about. saying is when Kobe when Kobe wanted to play in in, in the Olympics, he was there. And when, Kobe what, learned how to – or Kobe knew how to talk trash to the other players in their home language. When, when Jordan was asked to play in the Olympics, he didn't turn it down. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, it's uh, – I think it's bad – like we said, it's a bad situation all the way around. All right, now let's get into Factor Cap presented by Fanatics.com. Link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. Use it to buy whatever sports gear you want. 
Uh, I'm sure they have Olympics gear on there now, possibly, but if not, uh, baseball gear and then NFL season's coming back up. So use that link in our bio. It helps out all of the Unhinged Sports Network, every podcast associated when you make your purchase through that link. But, Nico, it's your factor cap, so I'll let you take the reins on this. What would you bring for this? This is, this is another one of my favorites. Obviously, the NBA draft is Thursday, which which a lot of people That's know. That's news to me. Yeah, a lot of people know this conspiracy because it's it, there's a couple rumors always about it. So let's, go, let's flash back to 1985. The New York Knicks, one of the losingest organizations in the NBA. And they had a chance at the number one pick. They had, I believe it was a somewhere around 25% chance with like a couple other teams. And so everyone that watches the NBA draft lottery, you know that there's a ping pong ball. That's how they do the top. The, the, that's how they used to do all the picks. Mm. But now they just do the top three like that. And, well, let's just say that the Knicks ball <laughs> made its way to the top <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> And and there was rumor swirling that that this 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 seven footer from Georgetown University by the name of Patrick Ewing, arguably the best center to ever come out of college, right up there with Kareem out of UCLA, and he is the next big thing. And the New York basketball in general, ever since Doctor Doctor J retired, um, and and Julius Irving and the Brooklyn Nets weren't a thing, they wanted the Knicks to be a big thing. And there was rumors that, that the Knicks were going to get it just because that they needed the basketball. Well, when the draft lottery happened, uh, I forgot the commissioner's name, but he snuck in there and it looks like he kind of saw a Knicks-colored ping pong ball. And the rumors were flying that the Knicks were gifted the n- number one overall pick because it was the Mecca and they wanted Knicks basketball to be back. Hmm. This also... I will tie into this a little bit too. Also, 2003, same thing happens generally because Cleveland got off of basketball. And you have a kid by the name of LeBron James who is from Cleveland, has a chance to go number one overall, and you have a chance to build the next great um, organization and player in his home city. So we won't talk about that fact, Kev, but let's talk about this Patrick Ewing one because it's an interesting one because everyone talks as New York basketball is the mecca, and that basically starts and ends with Patrick Ewing. Yeah, he's uh, – I mean, he was in Space Jam. He made sure that the Knicks were relevant for a while. I obviously don't remember them being down before they got Patrick Ewing. It was uh, – that, that whole – the 80s era, especially sports-wise, is so weird because it's not like it is today. I tweeted about it last week. It's kind of hard to remember a time before players had a direct line and like fans could directly see into players' lives. And in the, the 80s, sports were, I think, very a, a lot more secretive. There's a lot more behind the scenes that nobody got to see. And that's why it makes me interested to, to think about, you know, maybe commissioners do think about these kinds of things. Maybe we almost we probably could have saw it this year in the NFL unfortunately or fortunately or unfortunately however you want to look at it the Jaguars did get the first overall pick but I guarantee you Roger Goodell is like come on New York just lose another game just lose two more games and you can't give up that first overall pick Trevor Lawrence is going to be in New York I'm going to be able to just print money it would make sense like you see a kid from Georgetown Georgetown's in New York right no no, no it's it's in Philadelphia okay but that that yeah. region you're going to come you're going to play in the world's most famous arena you're going to get to resurrect one of the original franchises of the NBA, one of the most important franchises in all of sports history. Why leave that to chance? 
I don't understand why you leave any of the draft. What was chance. so what was so ironic about it was he the, never won a championship. No, no. Oh, I mean that. And the Knicks once this the draft lottery. Before you know who's going to be selected, who the draftees are going to be, when the Knicks won the lottery, oh, just just the Knicks guy happened to have a 33 Ewing jersey already hmm. in Knicks colors. Just happened, you know, just happened to have that somewhere. I guess he someone just decided to bet on black. Yeah, decided That's, to bet on luck. I guess. Yeah. Just I mean. Just put the money down. Yeah, this is what it's going to come up as. This will be okay. I am going to go fact on this one, 100%. Yeah, there, there, is, there is zero doubt about this one, but I am 100% going fact to this one because, like I said, the NBA does some things that, 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 that make your head scratch, but they, they do it for a reason, and they, they have reasons. This doesn't even it. seem like they tried to hide it. Oh, they did not try to hide it at all. And and the guy, the next guy having the jersey just made it more ironic, and it was just 100%. Once once Georgetown, once Georgetown was 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 once Patrick once Patrick Ewing was destined to be the next guy out of the draft. There was one team in mind, and that was the Knicks. Mm. And there was no one going to stop them. So I am 100% going fact in this one. Yeah, this is a fact. And the N- we already talked about the NBA doing some shady stuff and having some shady stuff done within it. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that this was able to, quote-unquote, slip through the cracks and, quote-unquote, oh, my God, ha- how did this happen? Oh, my gosh, how did I the Knicks, the Knicks have, have to become relevant again? And Patrick Ewing, you're going to look good in your orange and blue. You're a New York Knick for life. Spike Lee is going to be the most famous man who comes to our games for the next 35 years. It's going to happen. Trust me, that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, this is a total fact. So that's Factor Cap this week presented by Fanatics.com. Like we said, check out the link in our bio there. And uh, Oh, shoot, yeah. On top, on top of that, let's talk about a little bit quickly about the NBA draft. Obviously, Thursday, there's a couple names in mind if you're a Nuggets fan that I want to talk about. Obviously... A guy that I hope, oh my God, I hope he falls to us. Io DeSumidu out of Illinois, one of my favorite guys to watch in college basketball. Everybody knows him as the guy at Illinois. Him and Kofi Coburn, not Cockburn, Coburn were the leaders of that Illinois team. Obviously, they got upset, though. Um, but Io DeSumidu is a guy who I'm hoping is on the Nuggets' radar. And then um, Chris Duarte, a guy who was a stud as well. Um, and, and, oh my gosh, Oh, McNeil or not McNeil. Oh my God. This is bugging me. The names of it. But there, there's, there's a guy, Duarte is from Oregon. Who's a good, who's a good shooter and defensive type player. And that's what the Nuggets need right now. Cause there's rumors that JaVale wants to resign. So that means your backup center is fine. So that means you need to get another backup guard because obviously you're going to lose Jamal for the season or half the season at least. And that means you're going to need a guy off the bench to come and produce. I would assume Nuke can do that very easily. Chris Duarte can do that very easily. And then once Jamal comes back, all you have to have that player do is play 3 and D. So I, I'm those are a couple of names I'm hoping for. Like I said, I trust Tim Connolly more than any GM in the world. Um, I, other than maybe Joe Sackick. Yeah. It, it's Tim Connolly and Joe Sackick for me. Those are 1A, and, 1B. And, uh, Broussard up there in ta- out there in Tampa. Like, like I, I trust Tim Connolly with everything, and we have hit on some stud players. Talk about R.J. Hampton. Obviously, we traded him for Aaron Gordon, but he's going to be a stud in Orlando. Bull Bull, we haven't even seen him play. and But, I mean, it's it's fucking Bull Bull. And then MPJ, we stole him at 14. Mm-hmm. There, like there, there's also rumors that the guy from Duke, Jalen Johnson, may fall to us. The guy who who stepped out of the year. Oh my God, he falls to us. 
it's over. Who do you think most? Who do you think most likely will be the Denver Nuggets pick? Um, I think. I think. I don't know if Duar and and. Assuming they're going to be there. There's rumors that they may trade up into the top 20. That's that's what a lot of rumors have been swirling around. Um, I think you're going to have to to get a guy, a guy like Duart. I think Duart's the guy that that's going to be the most likely pick if he's there. Uh, but he may creep up some boards because he's such a damn good shooter. It's just an interesting draft because it's it's top three heavy. Jalen Suggs or Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green or not, not Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham, the top three guys. And after that, there's kind of like a fall off. I mean, Jalen Suggs, you put in the conversation a little bit too. But those are the top three guys everybody has their eyes on. And there's rumors OKC is trying to trade Shea, Gilgis Alexander, which I'm hoping the Nuggets will be getting that sweepstakes because, oh, my God, Shea in a Nuggets uniform would be so much fun. But I don't know because there's rumors Detroit is not sold on Cade, which I think is <laughs> Detroit would just keep digging themselves into the hole if they don't take Cade. And – there's there's going to be some wild stuff going to happen. Like I said, I know the Olympics on. I know it's MLB trade deadline. I know I know that that the NHL off season is just starting. But there is no off season like the NBA off season. It never fails to produce content. <laughs> Whether it be Bradley Beal basically demanding a trade, Damian Lillard saying I only want to be traded to these teams. Um, it, it's it's one story after another, and it's just getting started. It's going to be – I mean, you that was like you speaking gibberish to me for the last five minutes, but I know it's its going to be impactful whatever happens. The NBA summers, especially now that they played so close to how the next season is going to start, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys come back and, and get ready to go with their new teams. There's going to be a lot of new guys. And, and one of the most fun things I think that NBA does so much better than everybody else, the summer league is 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 so much fun. If you, I, it's it's end of August I believe or middle of August, so coming up here soon. But summer league is is top players and then a bunch of guys just fighting for roster spots, and that means it's a little bit more meaningful basketball, and it's so much fun. Like I said, I can't get enough of basketball in general, especially at this time of the year because knowing football is not around yet. Mm. And that's how I get through to football season is watching basketball. So I'm, I'm all hyped up. Like I said, I hope the Nuggets are careful what they do. Don't trade Michael Porter. Oh, man. Don't trade Michael Porter Jr. for Bradley Beal. Yes, I want Bradley Beal, but don't give up MPJ for that. Do not make a dumb decision. That's all I ask, which I trust Tim Connolly. We'll see what happens, but I think the Nuggets are in a good place with Connolly. Um, let's move on now to beats of the week, and I'm sure there's going to be Olympics galore. We've had Olympics galore the last couple of weeks. I gave out my uh, best lines for wrestling. We do have two favorites, by the way, two betting favorites that are minus 165 and minus 135. Those start Sunday. I'm going to keep mentioning it. I'm super excited. Uh, but my first beat, it's Olympic golf, and I got the home country hero, Hideki Matsuyama, coming off the Masters Championship. Let's get a green jacket. Let's get a gold medal, plus 1,100. I like that. Not so fast, like Jimmy. That. Not so fast. USA is going to win gold and then golf too because Colin Marikawa is going to come in and win. So for, that's my beat of the week, plus 700. Marikawa has been on a freaking tear. And, and and he, this kid is just unreal. Like, like I think I think he is he is going to be the next big thing in golf. Not not Brooksy, not Bryson, not not. Not both. That's what's keeping golf interesting. Yeah, so that's what's keeping golf interesting. Mark Hallway is just a freaking different animal. I think he brings home the gold plus seven. Also, just to mention, I did beat, hit two beats last week. Macy Barber and Dillashaw both won. All I'm saying. 
That's all I'm saying. I was a little upset Dillashaw won. I know, but hey, I, I won money, so. There you go. Um, my next beat of the week, it's football, college football, like we've been talking about. Utah to win the Pac-12 is plus 600, um, and I think the Pac-12 is one of the more wide-open conferences. There's USC, there's Oregon. I'm not quite sure what they're going to be reloading with. Arizona State is up there in betting odds, but they're going to fall apart halfway through the season. Utah's consistent, and their head coach has been there for a long time. So, Utes, give me the Utes to win the Pac-12 plus 600. The Utes, that's an interesting. The Utah Utes. That's that's. that's It's problematic. They might have to change their name here. Interesting one. But, okay, my next one, like I said, all three are minor Olympics. So, I thought these odds were very interesting. Four by 100 men's relay winner, USA, minus 175. Obviously, the men's four by 400 is um, the USA is favored by minus like 640 or something like that. But minus 175, I believe, this is freestyle too. I, I'm not sure if Dressel is a part of this one, but I minus 175 is way too good of odds. Like, I know that's you're, you're, you're not winning as much back, but. When you see minus 175 odds for that good, I mean, I think Australia is the next best odds in Great Britain now for them. But take those two because those are very, very good. Yeah, I think that swimming is one of the sports where you can kind of count on the U.S. always being up there and, and getting a minus 175. is uh, it's, a, it's a safe bet, quote-unquote, and you can still get a little bit of a return there. Uh, I just wanted to point this out because the Seattle Kraken are not the longest odds to win the Stanley Cup next season. They are a plus 5,000, but I think they have like eight teams behind them. At like plus, wow. I think Buffalo is plus 24,000. Oh, well, I mean, like that, that makes sense. Buffalo, Buffalo by Ottawa, far has the worst, right? I think Buffalo, Ottawa, Calgary, basically the North Division is behind Seattle and Detroit and Chicago. So it's crazy, but. Also, I, I, I know this is totally off topic, but I just want to throw this out there. So say the Avs lose Gabriel Landeskog. What about giving a call to Buffalo for good old Jack Eichel? You thinking I, like a sign and trade situation? Like a sign and trade situation. Like I mean, why the fuck not? I'm just really? saying, you lose Landy. A C for a C. I'm just saying. I don't know why not. A C for Sent a C? Landy wants to be a bitch. We send him to Buffalo. That's just cool. <laughs> That's that's cruel. That is cruel. That is cruel. He's been good to the franchise. I mean, I know he's been kind of a, a jerk off recently, but he's been cool to the franchise for. That's true. But I'm saying, <laughs> if you could get, Eichel, I, don't, I don't. They probably wouldn't take Lance Cogan deal. But I'm just yeah. saying, if Buffalo does dangle Eichel out there a little bit, why well, not? Dangling. Why why not? Why he's not? dangling himself out there. He's like, get me out of. He's the the woman from Happy Gilmore. Mister, get me out of here. Uh, what's what's your final my last line? one? I, I'm gonna go on a little bit wild here. So, men's 50 meter freestyle. Obviously, the favor is Caleb Dressel. But I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Michael Andrew, another another U.S. Obviously, we saw um, we saw Lydia Jacoby um, win it, which was crazy crazy odds in general. But I, why not give another upset for another American to get on the podium? I think. The odds to win it is plus 1,600. I couldn't find the odds to get on the podium, but I would very, very much like to see a chance at possibly Michael Andrew. Remember that name, the 50-meter freestyle, which is coming up on Friday, I believe. So a plus 1,600 to win it, and the odds, I bet, are about probably around plus 600, plus 500 to get on the podium. Yeah, and the free, the 50-meter is just the sprint. It's yeah, one, just one, thing, one length. Yeah. down the Anything can happen in a sprint. Uh, but that's Beats of the Week. Uh, Nico had a lot of good Olympic lines, so if you're going to be paying attention later on in the week, be sure to pay, to get those in. 
Now we get to move on to player of the week, and, and mine's going to be players of the week. You you did it for the, your most dominant team of the week, but the 4x400-meter four, four team, I think that's the one that it was. The one that won Sunday night, the gold medal that we talked about, Caleb Dressel, um, Apple, Pietro, like that. That was kind of funny. Pietro racing against the Italian team when he took his swim cup off. I was like, you can't look – you were, you look like you were racing for the wrong country. Like You, you look like you're straight from the Sopranos, and I – I've been watching way too much. Way too much, obviously. Way too much. Every now and then I catch myself in James Gandolfini's my inner inner monologue with a thick jersey accent. But uh, that's my most or my players of the week is the men's 400 meter relay team. My my player of the week. I'm gonna keep it simple because there's there, this this was a, something that I'll remember forever. Was Anastasia Zoltich the first? Like I said, the first female to win gold in USA Taekwondo. Obviously, I get a chance to work down there in the springs with them. And being a part of a gold medal organization that changes so many things mm. because uh, there there there's an eerie about the sport, especially for female young women get to get to look up to her, and it's it's it makes makes my job going into work so much more fun. Like walking in walking in to work and 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 everybody just with a smile on their face, like God damn, we have a gold medal. Like th- there's something so cool about that that I just love the Olympics so much for that reason. And Anna, like I said, Anna, I've gotten to meet Anna. A few and talk to her a few times, and I see her every day when she's when she's when she's training at the facility when I go in for work. So it's cool to see that, and obviously her coach Gareth Brown, his desk is right next to mine, so he's he's always fun to talk to. So I'm so damn happy for Anna, and like I said, I stayed up, <laughs> I I pulled an all nighter <laughs> for to watch it, but boy was it worth it. Yeah, that was an amazing moment, especially in, in that team's the women's taekwondo team's history. Uh, who, who, what you got for your play of the week? My play of the week, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out a little bit different here. So, like I said, I, I watched the Olympics for all the weird sports and all the ones I don't usually watch. Mm. Obviously, if you know me, you'll know my two older brothers play rugby. They love, they, they grew up playing rugby for, for USA and South Africa and all that. It's a long story. I'm not gonna get into all that right now, but rugby was a big part of their life. So I love watching it. I watched them play. I never got to play it, unfortunately. Maybe I will eventually because I've tried seemingly seemingly every other sport. So not maybe necessarily a, a sport you just try. Yeah. Maybe eventually. Especially at uh, our advanced age, you know. Yeah, my, my hamstring did, is a little bit tight after playing three or playing basketball pickup. So maybe not rugby anymore. But the game-winning try, which is for people that – Touchdown. Touchdown. It's a touchdown. It's a try. And, and he the – U.S. was down to Kenya in the group stage, and within the last minute, U.S. had this run off the outside. Madison Hughes had a great pass and ran all the way down, and U.S. won the game in the last minute of the game. So that was cool to see. Unfortunately, the U.S. lost the quarterfinals, which honestly was is a W in my opinion mm-hmm. because when you're facing teams like Fiji, who's, oh, my God. Sevens, also, this is sevens rugby too, which means it's all the fastest motherfuckers you can find on the planet. It is, it is big dudes and just fucking legs. These dudes can run, and Fiji is unreal. And obviously you have South Africa, who is – Who's fucking badass? You have New Zealand, who is the All Blacks for a reason, and and to see the U.S. get to the quarterfinals is cool to see because rugby is rugby is a sport. I would say, oh, so it's similar to soccer in my opinion. Hmm. Similar to soccer, how it is in the United States. It's not our sport. It's not. It's the world sport. There's other countries better than us, but see the U.S. be 
competitive mm-hmm. against teams like that is cool to see. Yeah, they always put up a fight, whether or not they come out on the winning with side. With a little bloody on the, a little blood on on the shirt too. I feel like that was also in the first minute when yeah. I posted that photo. That was in the very first minute. He had blood dripping down his jersey. I have all the respect in the world for rugby players because I feel like they come from the same cloth as wrestlers. Where I have a wrestling match where I split my eyebrow open, both sides of my nose were bleeding. I had cauterized both sides mid match. And there's a picture of me coming off with my, my head bandaged and my nose bleeding, and I won that match. That was the winner. I looked, I was the winner, and I looked like that. And I feel like rugby players are the same way. Um, so yeah, I, I like that play of the week. My play of the week: Dom Nunes, our catcher for the Colorado Rockies, hit a bomb off Shohei Otani in the sixth inning yesterday. We did Lost six two. We did lose. But that. hey, he he got scoring going. It, we. If we could have just strung together a couple more hits, you know. Story's going to be traded probably within the next 24 hours yeah. as you're listening to this. So I'm not I'm not very happy about that. Probably going to be the Yankees too. So you'll be happy to see him in pinstripes. So, But, yeah, the, only thing, the only thing I saw out of that game was that Otani hit 100 miles per hour on pitch 99. That's the only thing I saw as we're watching the decky. Obviously, winning our goal, shout out Katie the decky. But uh, we, that's the only that's the only thing I know about that game because, like I said, baseball season's dead to me right now. Baseball season is after the All Star game. I, I that was all the baseball I had <laughs> for the whole summer yeah. in three days. You felt like you have a hangover afterwards. Like, I was like, oh, no more baseball. I'm gonna watch the Olympics, and then it's gonna be the NBA draft, and then it's gonna be NFL, and then then. Did you have a visceral reaction too? Because. We made the joke. You guys want to meet up at the light rail station just because that's what we've done. Did you have a visceral reaction when Jonah's like, hey, you guys at the light rail? Oh, God. I was what? like, oh, fuck. Whoa, whoa, hold up. What did I what? miss? <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, Dom Nunez got my play of the week. Um, wasn't too much else to pick. I think we're going to have a lot more once the events get going. I'm going to have some wrestling ones that I'll have to pick. Um, but, yeah, that'll bring us to the end of our show. But before we wrap up and tell you guys all of our business notes, we do have to – we're, we're going to tease this. Like we mentioned – Last week, um, we have the one-year anniversary episode dropping this Friday, first on the Unhinged Sports Network from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Noon time is when it starts uh, if you want to listen to it live on the Unhinged Sports Network. But I'm going to go through, listen to all the podcasts that we've released so far. We're on 51 right now. Yes, there were some bad ones at the beginning. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. But I'm going to find our best moments from our first year of the far end of the bench, and you'll be able to hear those all put together uh, Friday for our one-year anniversary, which comes up next week. So we're releasing it a little bit before, but it works out that our next episode wouldn't have been until after our actual one-year anniversary. So that's coming up this Friday. And then next Friday, we have a very special interview, our first current professional athlete. And uh, that we've given out a couple hints. We tweeted out a picture of what his coach said in training camp. He uh, uh, and it's Mike Tomlin. He's quoted in the article, so you know what team he plays for. Yeah, it shouldn't um, be that hard to figure out what team it, he plays for. But here's our our last hint before you hear. We're we're gonna announce it Friday, so you'll have to listen to the one year anniversary episode all the way through. It'll be at the end. Uh, he is a former teammate of myself. Uh, that's what I'll say. And he is a current player. Plays for the Steelers. Was a draft pick this season because that's all information that you you've had access to but listen to friday's episode the one year anniversary all the way through and you'll be able to figure out who our big interview is coming up next friday on the unhinged sports network but nico episode 51 man it's i can't believe we've made it this far sometimes i I, sometimes you kind of got to take a step back and look around and yeah, it's been a weird winding road of how we've gotten here like we said we were bad in the beginning 
But I feel like we got pretty good, and we've had some pretty big interviews so far. Oh yeah, we've had a lot of lot of fun interviews, a lot of fun things. It's just weird. We've we've now been through two NBA seasons, one full football season, two NHL seasons, two NHL seasons, a one and, one and a half baseball seasons, mm-hmm. and Olympics. Like like, <laughs> can we slow down? You're like, like what please? the hell? <laughs> uh, March Madness too. We did March, get a March, oh Madness, March in Madness and NCAA football. bowl season. Oh my god, we, we we've, we've hit everything already, and it seems like yesterday we just started. Yeah, we got thrown into the fire, but it's been a lot of fun. And thank you everybody for listening so far for a year of the fire under the bench. We might as well say it a little bit early, um, but you'll hear about it more on Friday. As far as the ra- wrapping up this episode, follow us at FEOTB Pod on our social medias, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, if you feel like you know who we're interviewing next Friday, DM us and we'll let you know if we're right. You can Maybe uh, you win a shirt. Yeah, maybe, maybe we got some maybe. shirts. You know, the blue shirt, you'll be able to see it in this week's YouTube videos. Um, speaking of YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on all of your podcasting platforms. Whatever podcasting app you listen to, follow us on there because they changed it from subscribe to follow now on Apple Podcasts. So follow, leave us a five-star rating and a review. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. Um, and you can listen to the live showings of these episodes every Wednesday on the Unhinged Sports Network from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, 11 to 1 Mountain Standard Time, which is where we're based out of Denver, um, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. And then it's available on demand right after. But it's been a fun year so far. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And keep rocking with us because we got some really cool things coming up. And uh, we'll have to uh, uh, post a little bit about some some of the cool things that we've got for our one-year anniversary so far. But for myself, Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant, episode 51 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. When Peace. The night is cold and lonely. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pictures and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants again, hey to me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm ever sticking up for niggas. That music, I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. 